Amen. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Glory. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we just welcome you to Boomerang. And uh, if you don't have an envelope for giving, uh, if you, even if you didn't come prepared to give tonight, just raise your hands and the ushers will get you an envelope. Uh, everything that uh, you can go to givebc.org, uh, you can make out a check to Boomerang Church. Everything that is taken up tonight is going to go to the ministry of Brother Tracy Harris. And uh, so we just praise God that you're here. And you know what? It is an honor to send the gospel through our giving. It is an honor to send the gospel. Paul, will you grab that? And uh, Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Glory to God. If you don't have an envelope, just raise your hand. And uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Thank you, sir. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's just read a couple of verses here, starting in verse 6. Uh, let's start in verse 7 and then we'll go back to verse 6. Verse 7 says this, Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Now he's talking here about giving, but he's, each person, the first step is that we decide and we purpose something. We become intentional about something in our heart. And what we become intentional about in our heart, what we purpose in our heart to do, God then takes action based off of what we purpose in our heart. And so what are we talking about when we've purposed ourselves in our heart? It says this, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. So each person will be able, listen to this, each person will be able to sow according to how they've purposed in their heart. Now, it, notice it didn't say each person will be able to sow based on what's in their bank account. It says each person will sow based on what they purposed in their heart. If they purposed in their heart, God will make it available. Yeah, it's not, it's not one of those things. Most people, as soon as they sit down to write the check, they, what's the first question they ask? Logically, what do I have? What do I have? See, the question doesn't go to God. It goes to what do I have already in my hand? And so that's a, that's a mistake because what we're doing is we're saying, I'm going to give based off of what I see. We're not giving off of faith, we're giving off of what I see. The first question needs to be, Lord, what would you have me to give? And, and if we'll purpose in our heart not to sacrifice what we have in the account, but be obedient to what God's telling us in that moment to give, obedience is better than sacrifice. We move into the place where we become the cheerful giver, not the giver that's giving under compulsion or, or grudgingly, and all of a sudden we open up a power of God. We open up a big power of God. He says this. He says, and God is able. God is able. This is one of my favorite verses. God is able. 
He is able. There are so many absolutes in this verse. Like the Lord leaves no question about his ability and how big it is. It's an absolute after an absolute. I've, I've, I've heard this before, that absolutes are unbecoming on the lips of novices. And or, In other words, what that means is, if you're a novice at something, don't make absolute statements. But when it comes to God, he's not a novice at anything. And if God by the Holy Ghost wants to drop some absolutes in your life, he can sure do it, and he's got the means to back it up. And in this verse, he dropped some absolutes in your life. And you need to see them. This is not for question. This is not something that we're wondering, can God do? Oh, God can do it. And he says about himself, God is able to make all grace, all grace, all grace. How much? Not a little bit. Well, how much is all grace? Can you fathom? Can you fathom what God means when he says all? Listen, can you even fathom how many planets there are in the universe? Can you even fathom how much how many planets there are? Do you realize that in our solar system we got nine planets because they they brought Pluto back? He was, he was cast out for a while and then someone went and rescued him. He was the lost sheep and now he's back in the fold. But we have nine planets around one star, around the sun. Now our sun belongs to the Milky Way galaxy and in the Milky Way galaxy there's billions of stars. Billions, not millions, billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Now imagine if each one of those stars has nine planets around it. How many planets are there just in our galaxy? Billions times nine planets is nine times billions. It's a lot of planets, y'all. We, we haven't even explored all of Earth yet. Can you imagine billions times nine? It's a lot. And listen, our galaxy is one of billions of galaxies just that they've seen so far what does God know what does God have when he says all grace what is he talking about and he's saying look I'm telling you a way to move into all grace and not just all grace that's hard for us to even fathom do you know how big God is and you've heard me, many of you that's gone to, been at Boomerang for a while, you know, when you're talking about ministers getting million-dollar planes, $65 million planes, and the church just had a conniption fit. I mean, they just had a meltdown, and the media had a meltdown on it. Now, here's the problem with that. Forget about it for a second if it's right or wrong for the minister to have, a, have it. Think about this. This is my problem with it. You say you serve a really, really big God, a really, really big God who has all grace and in his hand is billions of galaxies with billions of solar systems and 65 million is your choke point? You don't know God. You don't know when you read stuff like this, you just pass over it and go, all grace, all grace. And then you don't really know who God is. 
you got to stop. And, and just what science has told us so far shows us that God is more than we can ask or think, beyond everything we can imagine. God is so big. And then God himself, by the Holy Ghost, says this, I'm able to make all, all grace abound to you. Not just all grace come to you, but I'm, I'm able to make it abound. Do we know God for real, or are we just scratching the surface? God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, how's he, going to get, how's he going to get all of this to us? Well, what's the context of the scripture? He's saying, I have a way to give it to you, and it's wrapped around your giving. It's wrapped around your sowing. It's wrapped around it. And if you'll learn how to get into the basics of giving and sowing, all of a sudden what will happen is I'll get you to the place where all grace, where all grace can get to you. Now, if you look here at verse 10, he says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. See, what happens? Who is he talking about when he says he supplies seed to the sower? He's saying the person who's purposed in his heart, when they purpose in their heart, he says, I'll give them seed. Now, here's the question. I told you before, most of the time when we go to give and we purpose in our heart, the first question we ask is, what do we have in our bank account? What's available? But see, God's given seed not based on your bank account. God's given seed based on his bank account. Now, and see, we've been thinking, well, I can't write that million-dollar check. No, as long as you think like that, you absolutely cannot. But when you start to understand, I'm purposing in my heart to be a giver of million-dollar proportions, all of a sudden you start drawing on a bank account that has God's name on it. All of a sudden you say, Lord, that's who I am. But he says this too. He says, look, you can tell me all day long that if you had a million dollars, you'd give it. But if you wouldn't give the hundred that you have now, you're not going to give the million when you get it either. Because if you won't give in the small thing, you're not going to give in the big things. But he says, look, I have a pool. I have a pool of seed. I'm just sitting there ready to dish out to believers. I'm not withholding any good thing for those who walk uprightly. And if we will decide to walk uprightly and we will purpose in our heart to be a giver, all of a sudden God says, I, I got a bucket of seed I'm ready to pour out on you and it's got no limit on it. There's nothing holding it back. I will pour it out on anybody that just purposes in their heart to be a giver. Anybody who will just purpose in their heart to be a giver, I will pour it out. And it's not limited by you. You may have never had a million dollars added up your whole life. That doesn't stop God from pouring out on you. All of a sudden, a believer can say, you know what? I'll be one of those sowers. I'll be one of those givers. And he says, they must do as they purposed in their heart. Therefore, if they purpose for real in their heart to do it, God will make it available for them to do. If they'll purpose to be it, God will make it available for them to do it. But the question is, do you know how big God is? Do you know what he has available? And have we purposed in our heart? We have the ability tonight. 
to say, Lord, I want a purpose in my heart to be a giver. I want a purpose in my heart to be that. And you just say, Lord, what is it that you want me to give? I want to further the gospel. I want to further the kingdom of God and advance it through Brother Tracy and his ministry. I want to further, further it. And then you purpose in your heart and God makes that available. Just yesterday... Just yesterday, you told me last night after the service, you said God told you to do something, you decided to do it. And then today, uh, at least earlier in the day, you said immediately God supplied at least half of what that was the very next day. He purposed in his heart to do something, to give to the kingdom of God. The very next day, somebody just walks up to him and says, oh, here you go, here's half of it. Now, that's not going to be all of that. You may already have all of it, do you? No, it's coming. Amen. Glory to God. And it moves quick a lot of times, so I hadn't talked to you that later afternoon. That's the way God works. You purpose in your heart to be a giver, all of a sudden he'll give it. And look what he says. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. We all have righteousness in Christ, and we are made the righteousness of God in Christ, but not all of us walk at the same harvest. And this harvest is determined by what we give. Last night, Pastor Tracy was talking about uh, sowing our bodies into a season of fasting, sowing the food that we eat. I'll tell you a quick story. You know, many of you have heard this, but I, I was on an extended fast. I got to the place where all of a sudden... Uh, I was so beat down, and I, I just felt so famished, and I called the leadership team. I said, y'all need to pray for me. I, I was to the point, I was so, I was so, I'd gone so long without food, and I'd been so active. My body just felt so low, I didn't even feel like praying. That's not a fun place to be at. I called my leadership team. I said, y'all, I need you to pray for me because I knew that they would pray and they would pray in faith and I needed to lean on them at that moment. And all of a sudden, I woke up the next day. I had so much energy, you'd have thought I had a full meal that night. It was supernatural that God poured out on me. I mean, it was supernatural. I was eating of supernatural. There was nothing there that had changed except that they had prayed. And there was all grace available when I had to determined and purposed in my heart to give myself and to give that food to him because I'm hungry for you more than I'm hungry for that food and all of a sudden they when they prayed the grace release well a week or so later it happened again and I said well I'm going to pray myself this time I called them too and they prayed a few months later I went through another extended fast and I'd learned something there's all grace available towards me and I have a right to access it because I had purposed in my heart to be a giver all of a sudden one day I felt that way it was in a second extended fast and the and the symptoms from the first one came on me quick in the second one and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I don't know if you've ever experienced this but the last thing I wanted to do was work like just doing work and processing stuff it did not feel good but I found, because the Lord said this to me, he said, there's this supernatural grace that's available to you all the time. It's sitting there waiting on you. It's there. Are you going to pull on it? Are you going to draw on it? Are you going to decide to do that? Are you going to decide to be a sower? And if so, you can pull on the seed of that grace and it will supernaturally empower you. 
all of a sudden that time I didn't call the leadership team. I just said, Lord, I draw right now on the supernatural strength of God and right now I receive it. I went to bed that night. The next day I woke up. I, seriously, I did three days worth of work that next morning. I was busy. I had so much energy throughout the day. And God said this, this has been available to you that your whole life you're just now learning to access it. The same thing's available in our finances. There's a supernatural grace to give you seed. The question is, are we purposing in our heart? And when we purpose in our heart, verse 11, that our harvest will increase, verse 11, and you, listen to this, you will be enriched in everything, in everything, for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. When we get to the place where we say, Lord, I'm going to be a giver, all of a sudden we're going to move into the place where thanksgiving, it's going to produce some thanksgiving. I start sowing into the kingdom of God and I turn around and somebody's handing me the extra money and I'm going, golly, Lord, I love you, I praise you. There's going to be thanksgiving here and thanksgiving there. There's going to be thanksgiving in planes. There's going to be thanksgiving in church buildings. There's going to be thanksgiving all around, producing a great liberty. Morality. There's going to be thanksgiving all over the place because there's a people that have learned how to purpose in their heart. Let's stand on our feet and let's raise these, these envelopes up. Lord, this is our worship tonight. This is for you. Lord, we're purposing in our heart to be a giver tonight. And Father, we just give of ourselves. We honor you. We honor your word. We honor your kingdom. And Father, tonight we are a giver. Lord, we believe your word and we receive everything that you have for us. Let your gospel be advanced. Let your kingdom grow through the ministry of Brother Tracy. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for it. Amen. Glory to God. Let's plant it up here in faith in Jesus' name. the seed of the word already to produce a great and eternal fruit in our hearts tonight. Lord, we receive everything that you have to say through Brother Tracy and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Just lift your hands. Let's praise God and let's receive what he has for us tonight. Brother Tracy, amen. Love you, you brother. ready? Glory Love you. Yes, sir. Glory. Hallelujah.
those. <laughs> that is awesome right there. Hallelujah. I think we'll be seated. They're going to do Can we we get it working? Uh, either way it works. The pack or the mic? The Drafting. What's it? Oh, it can't. must have come out. Well, you know, everything works better when it's plugged in. Glory to God, it's an on-demand system. If you don't plug it in, you can't have it. Glory to God, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, John, I'm going to grab my phone here. I just feel so, I just sense my spirit. I'm impressed through that. And hand me those, if you don't mind. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Good to see you, Miss Ann. Praise God. Ann, would you stand up here uh, for just a moment? I just want everybody to see your pretty face and what a lovely partner you are in the kingdom and the Harvest International Ministries. Give this dear lady a great big hand. Hallelujah. She's, some of you folks know her. We love you with all our heart. Uh, Sister Ann last night, well, she's done two elements of sewing. We're talking about sewing. Um, she took a period of time, and I'm not going to tell you how long, but it was extended. Talk about extended. It was extended of uh, effort and energy and time. And the Spirit of God told her, actually, she started with a series we have on the table. I don't know that's here tonight, but she started, and it's good to see you, big man. Glory to God, I love you, man. And you too, Pastor. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, um, she started with grabbing a hold of a series called Dismantling Mammon. And God told her to be in all the meetings and transcribe the transcript of all of those messages and every message I preached on Mammon, at least the ones that she had access to that she was in. So it began with that and uh, the process of using her gifts and skills and so forth. She took a season and sewed into our life and ministry, taking some of the CDs. Uh, she said, uh, is it in your heart? And I said, oh yeah, it's been in my heart. There are a number of books uh, that I sit down and write longhand. There are all other revelations. In fact, I want to read this to you. Miss Ann, this will bless you. This will bless you. And the Spirit of God's telling me to, to bless the people with it. And so I'm going to do this for just a moment. It's very unusual. I'm, but, you know, last night was unusual. This is the church that comes to you. So the church has come to us. Yeah. Woo! We got a church. Go right. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It'll take me a minute to find it. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, he's, he wrote it more than once, so I know I can find it in the little epistle a little bit better. Praise God. Now look at this. Uh, let's just look at 2 John. The, the Apostle John wrote this more than once, more than once in his writings. But I want to give you just one, uh, one scripture uh, concerning it. But he wrote this same idea more than once. 2 John, and we're going to look at verse 12. Actually, um, let's just back up. It says... In this right here, he says, um, verse 9, let's, let's just back up to verse 9. He says, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have worked for, but that we receive a full reward. 
That is one of the greatest scriptures in the New Testament. I said that is one of the greatest scriptures in the New Testament. I want you to know that, the, that Jesus appeared to the Apostle John and as the angel showed him the churches and the Lord Jesus revealed himself to him, he wrote messages to all seven churches. And one of the messages to the church was, take heed that no man take your crown. Look at your neighbor and say, hang on, to, hang on to what you got. Now, we need some more energy in here. I'm talking about faith energy. There's energy in here. There was energy and an anointing on you. There's an anointing on me right now. But I think because it went a little bit different direction, and we took just a minute with the microphone, everybody's kind of sat back. See, we've got to learn not to allow natural things to cause us to shift into neutral. There's mighty things happening right now. There's transference, not only of revelation, but answers are happening. Supernatural answers are happening. This is one of the greatest scriptures in the New Testament. Take heed. Take heed, notice, for what? Look to yourselves. That means there's something you have to do. Look to yourselves. If you lose what I gave you, it's your fault, not mine. Are you hearing me? Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have worked for, which we have wrought, which we have labored for. The Amplified says it this way, but that you may persevere until you win and receive back a perfect or a mature or complete reward in full. I don't know about you, but I want to receive the reward in full. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to move this. It sounds a little muffled under the collar here, so let me... uh, let me just move that just a little bit. Hey, I just want to say to everybody that's watching tonight, all of Boomerang partners, all of the church ministry partners, all of Harvester National Ministry partners, and all these pastors, anybody that's watching anywhere, Anthony Wade, I don't know if you're watching, but I miss you, man. I got that. I love you. I know you wanted to be here. You are here in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. All the time. Amen. Second John here says this. That we receive a full reward. Now whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. And he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any of you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Now look at this phrase, neither bid him Godspeed. Why? Why? Because he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Well, now why did the Apostle John write that? Because if anybody understood partnership, he did. So in other words, you're a partner. It's just like I said about faith last night. Our words don't just work when we work them on purpose. The law of faith works all the time. So we receive everything that we have said that we believed. Whether we were working it on purpose or not, it was working. Partnership right now is working in your life. And that's why bad company corrupts good morals who you hang with. Just like you can purposely partner with somebody that will catapult you. 
You may be right now connected to somebody out of obligation or, or soul tie that's killing you. Why? Because you're a partner. Oh, boy, it got quiet in here now. Everybody was, oh, glory to God, billions of stars. Yeah, but we ain't going to be a star if we hang on to that fuddy-duddy in the mud. That ain't going to work. You, you're going to have to make some decisions. Look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. We're going to talk about this just so briefly. Obviously, he that biddeth him God's speech partaker of his evil deeds. And I could take off in this and talk about this and some of the things that I'm ministering now. Could, the, the service could go this direction, but that's not the point. The point is having many things to write to you. So evidently the apostle was writing this for a purpose. I'm writing this to you so you can understand right, how to navigate these situations. Now notice what he says here. This was the verse I was wanting to get to. Verse 12. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. I have many things to write to you, but I would not write with paper and ink. But I trust to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Now, do you see what he just said? He just said, every time I'm preaching to you, I'm writing. So every message I have that's been taken and put into print, I wrote the book when I spoke it. Do you understand? And it's very, very scriptural. Amen? You do realize that's what the Bible actually is. A collection of written down prophecies. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And the Bible is a written copy of what they spoke. And it became the Word of God. It became a book. Amen. So, there are some things that the Lord has commissioned me to sit down. And I've written a number of books longhand and sitting down but he also said so he said to me i want you to do both and um for a long time i wrestled with that because you know people's attitudes and so forth and so on and the lord said no i want you to take everything i've given you you cannot withhold it from the body of christ make it available in every available voice and then god gives you partners and sister ann was one of those partners one of those beginning partners that saw that and said, I have a gift, a gift that I can sow and help in. And she began to take some of this and put these manuscripts together and just sow her time, her effort, her talent, and her energy, taking the CDs, putting them in book form, and putting them in our hands. And then she had the attitude, it's your voice, make it your voice. She said, I did the best to keep your voice. Whatever you need to change, whatever you need to delete, whatever you need to add, whatever you need to do, I was just supposed, this was just my seed. Glory to God. And last night, and this is one of the manuscripts, this is one of them, that the Lord spoke to me recently, and he said, you remember that? And I said, yes. He said, now's the time for it. The body of Christ needs it now more than ever. He said, and, and you're on this area. You're not going to be able to preach this again, but I need you to get it into their hands. And it's a revelation God gave me uh, a little while ago called Breaking Free from Things Too Strong for Me. Glory be to God. And the chap chapter titles are Chained to Changed, 
winning the war, the courage to fight, running with the horses, choose life. He's the God of deliverance, says, overcoming all your fears, the revelation of victory. That strength is positional. That strength must be taken. And I'm going to tell you, I've had several people read this, and it's not because it's fancy turn of phrase to, to, to deal with your emotions. It's because they got answers. Right in the middle of it, they just begin to weep. Oh, I see it, I see it, I see it. And they especially got to this chapter, the strongest spirit rules. This is the thing you need to know about all spiritual warfare. The strong man armed. Are you listening to me? The strong man armed keeps his goods in peace. But the stronger one comes on him and takes from him his armor wherein he trusted and then he can spoil his house. Which means in any situation, in any conflict, the strongest spirit is going to rule the day. So if, you're, if your spirit is strong, see there is no spirit even a close second to the Holy Ghost. There are all kinds of classes of spirits. I don't talk about that in here. But there's God's spirit. There are angels, which are spirit beings. There are demons, which are fallen angels, which are spirit beings. Then there's human spirits. There's all kinds of spirits. And all of them have a voice. And surrounds you all the time. Amen. And let me tell you how it's going to turn out well for you. You've got to be the strongest spirit in the equation. Amen. So, what does Paul tell the Ephesian church? He says, be strong in the Lord. Where? In the Lord. It's positional. And in the power of His might. I, I deal with the three Greek words in here that are used in that verse. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I deal with the word strength, the word power, and the word might. They're three different words. And they all go together to demonstrate the strength we possess. And when you look at those three Greek words, one of those words means physical might, strength, and ability. The other one is ability, dunamis. The other one is dominion. And basically he is saying to us, you be strengthened with the very same mighty strength I possess and the ability that I used to create my dominion. You be strengthened with the strength that took me to create my dominion. So when the Holy Ghost comes in you, there's nothing on the outside of you that can dominate the inside of you. Huh? Nothing. There's nothing you face that has a hope of ever overcoming you when you know how strong you are in the Spirit. But your Spirit is under your control. The keeping of your Spirit, the guarding of your heart, the development of your Spirit, Training your human spirit. That's your responsibility. So if a spirit's not strong, it's not God's fault. Because he created it perfect. He gave you the very spirit to raise Jesus from the dead. Amen. So understand this. The stronger spirit's going to rule. So there's not even, there's not, e drug addiction is not even a close second to the Holy Ghost. Oh. Huh? ADD, ADHD. Lust-filled, perverse spirits, they're not even a close second to the power of the Holy Ghost that ripped the grip of the keys from Satan's hand and raised our Lord from the dead and lives on the inside of you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. But you see, the revelation is find out who you are in Christ. 
So we deal with this right here. And uh, so this one is uh, the latest uh, writing that just came out. And so it says, the stronger spirit shall rule. And the last chapter is strengthening your spirit for success. And I talk about four biblical ways to keep your spirit strong. To strengthen your spirit and keep it strong. Glory to God. And we go to the scriptures that produce it. It's, very, it's, it, it's not deep or hard reading, but it's not kindergarten reading. It's spiritual reading. And so, you know, you can't read it with your carnal mind. Glory be to God. And so, Ms. Ann, thank you for your seed. I pray especially now, more than ever before, that God would grant you the supernatural strength, the health, the wholeness that you have brought to many people by taking revelation and reproducing it. And may God bring a hundredfold in your life in every arena of everything you're assigned to do on this planet. We are forever connected. Glory be to God. And we love and bless you and thank you. And what I hold in my hand are several copies that she went back to the table and bought. Bought the copies. She came up to me and said, I bought I said, you bought them? I said, you know, no way, because you understand. No, she went and bought these so I could sell them to you. <laughs> Glory be to God. So I'm on, I'm, I've got several copies and just sensed in my spirit that I needed to, uh, to sign these copies just to let you know I'm in agreement with you. It is written that your spirit's going to be strong and you're going to overcome the evil one. Glory to God. If there's anybody in here stirred up and you're saying, you know, I need that. What you're talking about right there, I need that. I get that. I see that. I need to, 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 to have that in my life. I need to make some changes. If that's you, I want to sow a seed. Yeah, I see some hands coming up. <laughs> Now, I don't have enough, but I'll tell you what I will do. I will sow these to the first hands that came up right here. And if we'll put a list back here, every name and every address of anybody that wants one of these copies, it is our joy as a ministry to sow them into your life. So we'll send them to you as soon as we get home immediately. If you'll sign up for it, it'll be our gift, our seed. You know, I don't want to go anywhere where we don't put more into it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Then we, Amen. Praise the Lord. Sweet lady, I'm going to have to ask you to sign up. Boy, her hand popped up, and I know you were trying to get in there, but you didn't see these other hands flying up around you. So, so do what now? I'm going to do the best I can with what I got. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And then would you please do me a favor and give me your name and address, and I mean, we'll get that out to you immediately. Glory to God. I saw another hand come back right over here. Hallelujah. I started popping up in the middle, and maybe it's because I was just looking there. Praise the Lord. There was one over here, but see, y'all didn't keep them in the air. I wonder if, no, I'm kidding. I don't know who was that. And someone back here? No? Yeah, it was you, wasn't it? Praise God. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Glory to God. Thank you, Miss Ann. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and so I just wanted to show those and also anybody else, and I'm serious, uh, to, the, you know, to the entire ministry here, to the entire church, of those that would, are in this meeting, you'd like to have it uh, connect with us. Make sure we get your name and address. Don't write it in tongues. It's got to be legible enough for us to mail it. Praise the Lord. But we'll get that to you in Jesus' name. Praise God. And I have something here I was supposed to read that uh, as I was listening to you minister over the offering, Brother Brian, I saw this by the Spirit of God. And it'll take me just a moment to find it because I hadn't planned on doing it. And, you know, if you're like me, if, if there's a, a number of things that take place, I've got to look for names here. So let me, uh, I didn't have it up and at the ready. So if you'll just be patient with me for a moment. I know in my spirit I'm supposed to share it, and I'm supposed to read it, and I'm going to, uh, to do that in about one, two, three. I guess I count the seconds, so I won't lie to you. Here it is right here. Glory to God. Now, this dear lady, uh, glory to God, is one of our partners. 
And there was a project, and the Spirit of God said to her, she determined in her heart to sow a specific thrust seed. And uh, she came up to us all excited about, oh, I don't know, two Sundays ago. Well, it was. It wasn't this Sunday. It was two Sundays ago. So, uh, so it would have been today's Monday, so eight days ago. Eight days ago, she came up to us after church. I just got to tell you something. Got to tell you something. I was believing God, and she said, you know, it may not be a lot to other people, and, uh, but I know, I know her, and know she's a stretcher and a giver, and so it's, it's a lot to most people. So it's somewhere in there, you know. But the idea is it may not be a lot to everybody else, but I'm telling you this is one of the biggest, biggest seeds I've ever sown, and I was believing God. And I was believing God to sow it, and I purposed it in my heart. I didn't tell anybody about it. And she told us Sunday, she said, glory to God. When she came up supernaturally and put, there was a supernatural offering at the end of service. People just began to come and throw seed on the altar under the anointing. In that offering, she said, I just want you to know, I just planted half of that thrust seed I purposed in my heart. It came into my hands. So now, the Lord told me to read this when you were talking about this brother right here. She said, see, you purposed it in your heart. Half of it came in your hands. Or maybe you already sowed it and he's resupplying it. I don't know. Maybe you sowed out something you didn't, it was set aside for something else. And maybe it was a sacrificial seed and half of it's come. I'm telling you, listen to this. Now this would have been, let me look at what date this is, uh, if it's got the date here. Um, so this would have been Tuesday. All right. So Tuesday would have been six days ago. So Sunday she sowed half of it. We were out of town Tuesday, two days later, we get a text from her. My wife gets a text from her. She said, I wanted you to know I just received the second half of my offering. Glory to God. And she was. So within 48 hours, the other half came in. I said, the other half's coming. That's not your harvest. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not your harvest. That's him administrating seed into your hand. To get your harvest to you. Your harvest is on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Woo! The Lord told me to read that to you and exhort you, if you don't mind putting it back in there. Read that to you and exhort you that you may not have everything you're believing God to sow. Don't wait. I, I keep hearing the Lord telling me to tell you, believe it in in chunks. I keep hearing the Spirit of God tell me to tell you, believe it in in chunks. Amen. Yeah, amen. So what you got? There you go. Keep a tally. And the next thing you know, whoo, you say, how, how did I get that? How did I get that thing sown so fast? How did I do that? Yes. Believe it in in chunks. And it'll come. It'll surely come. What's in your heart shall surely come. Amen. But you got to take a step. You know, before you can take the second step, you got to take the first step. Yeah. You got to act on what you know. You know, every million dollars that's ever sown starts with a dollar. Yes. See, there is one million one dollars. Right. Yes. That's what a million dollars is. Right. It's like the kingdom. You can give an altar call. And, uh, <laughs> and, and 100,000 people could be born again in one service in a mass crusade. But guess what? They didn't, go, they didn't come in 100,000 at a time. Every one of them was saved individually. Every one of them entered the kingdom one at a time. It just happened all at once. That's multiplication. I said, that's multiplication. I said years ago, and I do have million-dollar faith, just so that you know, I have million-dollar faith now. Back then I was talking to the Lord about it because I knew I was bumping it 
but I wasn't quite there, and we had seen a number of things. And, and, uh, but I knew I went from $100 faith. Well, I started believing God for socks many years ago. And socks went to other stuff, you know. And the next thing you know, I'm believing God for 10 to sow, and then believing God for 100 to sow, and then believing God for 1,000 to sow, and then believing God for 10,000 to sow. And so uh, I well knew I had $100,000 faith because $100,000 chunks had come into the ministry several times all at once. I'm knowing one check. And, uh, and, of course, I went beyond that. I went beyond that. You know, the next one was a quarter of a million came in in a chunk. Yeah. And, uh, and so you start talking like this. Let me tell you what the spirit of man will do. Spirit of man will say, now, you don't need to keep telling all this. I think you got all you need. Listen, I can't sniff right now everything I need. <laughs> now, I've got it in the unsearchable riches of Christ. But I can't even begin to tell you how much money in the natural I don't have to do everything that I'm already supposed to be doing. And the, and, and the devil will tell you, well, don't tell these stories because, you know, people think you got it. Why would it? Listen, let me explain something to you. You need to understand. T.L. Osborne asked Brother Copeland one time. He said, uh, Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth, you know. You want to know how to be made rich? And he told him. He told him, you know, in, in a way only T.L. could tell him. He said, find a preacher that's called to do more than he has money to do it and get in there and help him do it and God will make you rich. Amen. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Bid him Godspeed. Yeah. I said, bid him Godspeed. Yeah. And God will make you rich on the way. Glory be to God. He'll do it. He'll do it to get the gospel out. That's exactly how you do it. And I remember reading, knowing that Brother T.L. was a great big faith man. I read one of his newsletters, his older newsletters I got a copy of uh, many, many years ago. And I remember him writing a statement. And I, it just, uh, you know, because when you're young in the faith, um, you, I mean, I had a lot of revelation. I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize what I did have. But I'm just trying to manifest what I didn't have. And, and most people don't have a problem with what they do have. But their pro problem is what they don't have. In other words, they don't have a problem with what they do know. Problem is, they're not willing to admit what they don't know. And that's exactly what happened to John the Baptist. It got him beheaded. John didn't have a problem knowing who he was. John's big problem was he didn't know who he wasn't. And so he got offended. And when he got offended and didn't walk in his place, he got his head cut off. And offense will always cut you off from the head because the anointing flows down on you from the head. So you just stay in your place, and that anointing will take you to a place of greatness beyond. He's the greatest prophet that ever walked born among women. Imagine that. Greatest prophet ever born among women until Jesus came to earth. Greater than Moses. Greater than Elijah. Greater than Elisha. Greater than Jeremiah and Isaiah. And got offended. And began to question his own revelation. Don't tell me you're not going to have some challenges. The problem is not knowing who you are. A bigger problem is not knowing who you're not. And that's what happens when people don't get stay humble. Faith works in humility. Amen? Amen? It works from a, human, uh, a humble heart. It'll blow mountains away when the man using it's humble. 
when he's so humble that he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the greatest, most humble statement Paul ever made. Because he, he knew who he was. It was pride for him to say he couldn't do it when God said, I, did, I empowered you to do it. When grace is sufficient, you're lying to say it's not. And when you say it with authority, people think you're arrogant. No, I'm persuaded. That's different. That's different than being arrogant. I'm fully persuaded. So let me get back over here and tell you what I'm fully persuaded about. I have, I possess multi-million dollar harvesting faith I have. But this isn't about my faith or money or numbers because that's way below what we're going to have to have to get this job done over the long haul. That's right. What this is about is believe it in in chunks. So the reason I'm telling this story is so I can tell you what the Lord said to me years ago. I was working toward it. Man, believe in God. We're on the increase, right? Believe in God. And the Spirit of God said to me, I said, Lord, I said, uh, how do you get million-dollar faith? I said, I, 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 want, I, want, I want to get million-dollar faith. And the Lord said, oh, that's easy. He said, you already proven you have $100,000 faith. I said, yes, sir. He said, just use that 10 times. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Yeah. You believe a million dollars in 10 chunks. Half your seed manifested. That's way ahead of the curve. You don't have to do this ten times. You just got to do it twice. <laughs> you way ahead of the curve, man. Woo! Glory to God. Are you getting this? Be blessed. Increase. Be blessed. Be blessed and increase now in Jesus' name. Be strengthened in spirit and may the strongest spirit rule tonight. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! I'm all pumped up now. Hallelujah. I'm happy all over more than anywhere else. Like a dear, dear friend of mine said, uh, Brother Tony Collins in, in Alabama, every once in a while I pick at him and say, Abalama. I, I tell him, you know, I'm not too much on uh, the, 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 the Crimson Tide. And he said, well, at least somebody's got to dominate in every area. And I said, hush, Tony, hush, you know. They didn't dominate this year, thank God. No, I'm being silly. I just, you know, get your spirits up. Come on. Hey, this is good stuff. This is fun stuff. I preached one night. We came out of that meeting, and it was, oh, Lord God. I had a dear lady. Well, you know. You know the Sherricks. You know the Sherricks. Sister Betty, we came out of a meeting, and uh, Power God was there, and it was uh, a number of years ago. God visited me in the hotel room, and, man, we had healings and the Power God blowing people around their building and all that. And we were at lunch, and Sister Betty said, Woo, Brother Tracy, I tell you, we had us a whoop-a-doozy today. <laughs> So ever since, I like that term, whooper doozy. We had an old saint uh, in the Assembly of God movement, which was a, a kind of a, a, an established pastor in the town that God used mightily when I was a very young in the Lord. Actually, a teenager got turned on to spiritual things. And I remember them talking about uh, the, the night I was before, the Holy Ghost came on somebody, and I mean, they just had a fit. And uh, the old timers, the, the Assembly of God old timers, had a word they, for the, they, they used for that. It was called spizzerinctum. And so, uh, I called it the Holy Ghost fit. But, uh, <laughs> but they called it a spizzerinctum. And so, they were taught, the first time I ever heard that term, I was, about, I was a teenager, got turned on the Holy Ghost things. And they said, whoo, so-and-so, she had a spizzerinctum last night. I said, spizzerinctum? That sounds like a disease, man. Cast that thing out of her. 
That's like when I thought semicolon, you know, was an operation or something. <laughs> you know, brethren and cisterns. You know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. You got you a cistern. You brought your own cistern up here. Hallelujah. You know, I did tell him. I said, she said, well, but I gave my sweet tea to the Lord, you know. I said, she didn't give all of it to the Lord. <laughs> But he'll receive what you purpose in your heart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> See, I listen. I apply. <laughs> Spread my wings and fly. Praise the Lord. Woo! We're having ourselves a time. Glory be to God. Say, Father, Father everything, in everything in my life that I need, that I, need. I, know I know it's being brought to me right now. Out of heaven and earth, I'm a receiver. I have faith for it. I'm believing it in. A chunk at a time. Come on now. I receive my first chunk. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now just reach on up there and grab it. Take it, take it, pull it out of the river. Yeah, it's flowing right now. Yeah, yeah we got a building last yeah. night. Wonder what we're going to get tonight. Yeah. I said we got a building last night. Things go, things come, things get done by faith-filled words. So a chunk just came. Yeah. 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 But of course, you know, huh? It's just a chunk. It's just a chunk. Yeah. That's all it is, a chunk. That's all it is, just a chunk. Glory to God. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Nothing but money. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My, there's an anointing in the place tonight. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been something unusual sitting on the two of you right here. Glory to God. It's going to continue through the night. I tell you, God's bringing you up to another place. Another place of being able to believe Him for supernatural supply. He has things for you to do. It's going to take more than what you have and what you see right now to do it. And you can do it. Stretch out your hands toward humanity. You can touch lives greater than you've ever dreamed. But you've got a purpose in your heart that you'll be the channel that he wants to flow through. You'll, your hands will be the hands that the supply will come through. He loves you. He'll not only get it to you, but get it through you to help hurt humanity. If you're determined to stay on the giving side and, and stay out of the taking side of life. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's throw our hands up and thank Him one more time. Father, You are so good to us tonight. I'm asking You, Heavenly Father, to think through my mind and speak through my lips. I do pray in my heart of hearts that it would be all of You and none of me and that You would cause, as per the Scripture, my tongue to be like the pen of a ready writer. Cause the people's heart to be a canvas and paint their future. May the spirit of seeing and knowing drop upon them in every way. Pull the curtain back. Through the word of the living God, cause them to see their future, their destiny, and the laws that govern increase. And you said, if we would seek first the kingdom and your righteousness, that all these things will be added to us. Well, we believe we receive all things. Thank you. 
We believe we receive all things. All things are ours. All of it's ours. We're not picking and choosing tonight. What we hear, all of it's ours. Grant us eyes to see and ears to hear. Hearts to perceive. And may we receive it. We will not leave this place the same. Oh, glory to God, we will not leave this place the same. And Father, we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus and all the saints said, Glory to God. Well, give the Lord one more shout. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. He's talking to my inner man. Ah, Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma, I see that. Yeah, I see that. I see that. But you have to show me how to do that. But I know you will. Yes, sir. It's your covenant. Uh huh. Yeah, I understand. Oh, Makala. Yes, sir. I will. I'll do that. Yes, sir. I will. Uh, yeah, I will. But I rebe samalakchengelea yanamano no kelelili. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll I'll do boko prata leish matagula boba afrebe shifiri di bishisti lo kradori asenada ve de brastigiristi mordevre ne mananama jende belavagano modiangeleristi bredeve kaya tabalaka chatala labakataya le kredeba ostonengla nanama enchene makulute anamaka. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We thank you. We bless you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Yes, sir. I'll do that. Praise God. Glory to 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 Well, I'll focus on that part of it then. Yes, sir. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I understand. So thank you, Father, for it. Help me to help the people tonight. Bless the people as you've come to do. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Jesus, that you always hear me. Extend your hand and stretch it forth that mighty signs and wonders might be done by your mighty holy name. Oh, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, open your Bibles, please, um, where we were last night. To Luke chapter 5. And I want to um, read very briefly these verses once again. When the religious leaders or even the disciples around were observing what was going on with John's disciples and the Pharisees and they were in a season of fasting, according to the other gospel writers, they were saying that they fast oft. Not every writer records it the same way, but obviously this was a specified time of fasting and the Pharisees and John's disciples were fasting, but Jesus' disciples were not. So, in Luke chapter 5, they asked him this question in verse 33. Why did the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, the disciples of the Pharisees. 
but yours eat and drink. And he said unto them, Can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Say, with them. With Say it again. With Say it one more time. With them. So you can see that the whole subject matter here is the bridegroom with them. The whole purpose of this parable is to talk about him being with us. When he's with us, things happen. Oh, glory be to God. Amen? So he was with them. So we're talking about his presence. Now, he likens his presence to a couple of things. All right? And it's very important. We're just going to hit a couple of highlights because we're going somewhere with it. But the Lord told me uh, when I was on my way here by the Spirit of God, he woke me up at 3 a.m. Uh, yesterday morning. And he said, these two nights, I want you to minister on this subject matter. He said, and he let me know. See, part of us getting the church last night is because the whole purpose of him putting this in your possession is he wants a place for his presence to abide. See, that's what affects people's tithing more than anything else. It's not the 10%. It's not the check in the, in the offering place. It's, I want you to bring it to the place where I choose to place my name there. When you go back and read Deuteronomy 26 and other places, you see I was a stranger ready to perish under bondage when I was in my father's house. But you delivered me and stood me up and brought me out and delivered me into the promised land. And you blessed me and all this fruit that's in this basket is the fruit of my land that you've caused to increase and come into my hands. And now I lay it down before the priest and say these things. Yeah. See, there's things you say. Mm -hmm. There's a place you bring it. Yep. And the place you bring it is where he chooses to place his name. Exactly. Which means his name and his presence are synonymous. He, want, he wants you to bring it because he wants to see you bring it. He's watching you bring it. That's why Jesus watched the offering. He was the high priest. The high priest watches all offerings. That's why there's no seed ever sown that escapes from his sight. He never forgets a seed sown because he sees every one of them. <laughs> yeah. I've had the Lord tell me a couple of times. I said, God, why'd you do this for me? He said, you remember this back here? And sometimes it was 10, 15 years ago. He said, you remember when I asked you to do this? Yes, sir. I didn't think a thing about it. I didn't believe for a harvest on that. He said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't have done that. Yes. And I didn't realize how important spiritual fathering was because I learned that from Dad Hagen. Ken Jr. was in Korea on a motorcycle in the Army and was riding a motorcycle and... I understand, and we know some minister friends of ours that were close enough to Dad Hagen that heard him tell the story, so they knew the details. I didn't know all the details. But literally, he was riding with some buddies, and he didn't negotiate a curb around a cliff, and the motorcycle literally went completely, I'm talking about in the air, motorcycle and all, off, off the cliff, stopped in midair and turned around and jumped back on the road. And, he, and they had eyewitnesses, two or three people just witnessed it. And they were just standing there with their mouth. They'd never seen, you know, they, they, oh, what they're still shaking their heads. Did I see what I think I saw? What just happened? Well, he was a dead man. Well, Dad Hagen had, woken, had been awakened in the wee hours of the morning. Ken Jr.'s halfway around the world. 
It's daylight there, and they're out doing their thing. And so the time differential was that the exact time Ken Jr. is riding a motorcycle. He's awakened by the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden intercession comes on him, and he prays hard and fast in other tongues and begins to groan. And when he got the breakthrough, he knew it was about his son. And so he groaned and prayed and prayed and groaned until finally he got the breakthrough and he began to laugh and he knew it broke in the spirit. And uh, he just, he knew it was about Ken and he knew it was uh, life-threatening. Lord taught, he knew that much. He didn't know all the details. But when he broke through, he was happy and he began to laugh in the spirit and he just fell back and went to sleep. And then they matched notes when he heard about the event. Come to find out at the exact time that he was out riding that motorcycle. He went off that cliff in the air. An angel, that's what happened. An angel grabbed that motorcycle and put it back on the road. Saved his life. I mean, it was straight down. And, of course, there were eyewitnesses to it. And uh, when they compared notes, it was the exact time in Korea, time differential, when he was awakened and he was praying. And then when he got the breakthrough, that was the time that the miracle had happened. And when he got the breakthrough, he just laid back. Well, he asked the Lord later, uh, why, Lord, why did you do this? And, or, or maybe it was the Lord that brought it up to him when he was praying. It might have been the Lord brought it up to him. And the Lord pointed him back to a time when he was traveling many, many, many years before that. And he went into the church and there was a pastor there and somebody was coming through and the Lord, no, he was pastoring. That's what it was. Brother Hagin was pastoring. As young, early in his ministry, Brother Hagin was pastoring. And there was a minister that came through and he told him to give him $10. And $10 in those days was like a whole week's salary. It was a big deal. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. And, uh, and the Lord pointed out to him, had you not obeyed me back there with that $10, I couldn't have done this for you. Wow. Not I wouldn't have. I couldn't have. Right. That's, that's a bigger deal. So God, in foreknowledge, was telling him to sow that seed. Yeah. Sweet tea will make you do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, it's the last time I'm going to say that, I promise. <laughs> and drink so much is coming out of her nose. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm playing. No, listen, I... It takes one to know one, so this is, uh, this is a mutual admiration society when it comes to sweet tea. That's why I talk like I do. <laughs> Anybody from the South knows that Southern sweet tea, it, it'll make a hummingbird drunk. I mean, it is like syrup, glory to God. I saw a hummingbird flying sideways the other day. I said, what happened to you? I drank some sweet tea out of the bird feeder. <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, we've got to get on here. We're talking about the presence of God. And, uh, and of course, you know, and so had you not done that, he said, right, I couldn't have done this for you. So the Spirit of God is, is talking to us now about a number of things concerning the laws that govern what's available to us, right? And uh, as we're looking at this here, and we're, we're talking along about these things, the bridegroom, can the children fast when the bridegroom's with them? So we're talking about his presence. His presence. Amen. He said, but the days will come 
When the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, then shall they fast in those days. And I brought up last night, uh, Brother Eddie, how when Jesus first appeared to him and put the finger of his right hand in the palm of each of his hands, and he said, I'm giving you a special anointing to minister to the sick and so forth, and his hands began to burn like he had coals of fire in them. And that would manifest any time that healing anointing would come on him. Right? But then Jesus said, now if that ever leaves or lifts, fast and pray till it returns. Remember that? Well, that's what we're talking about here. Fasting isn't for disciplining the flesh. That's secondary. For doing without food, for serving God, to proving you're humble, none of that. All that is important. All that's secondary. Fasting is about the presence. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to see. His presence. That's why Jesus would make statements like, Labor not for the bread which perishes, mm-hmm. but for the meat. Yeah. So the issue is to get to eating other things. The issue is not not eating. The issue is feeding a different part of yourself. Yeah. The issue with fasting is not doing without. It's actually feasting on something else. Yeah. It's a shift in what's valuable. Can you see that? Which is why Jeremiah said, he said, I desire your food word more than the necessary food for my lips. That's where I got that. I'd say every once in a while when I'd be on a fast and hunger strike me or whatever, and I'd look at something. I remember the first time I did it was many. I'm talking about now, uh, early 90s. And the first time I did it, I was sitting down. And I remember exactly where I was sitting. I mean, it's like it was yesterday, all those years ago. And I was getting ready for a miracle meeting. And I was headed to Illinois to preach that meeting. And uh, I knew the Lord had called me to a fast, and we were stepping into miracles and so forth. And we were sitting there with some friends. There were four of us there, my wife and another couple. And we were like a pizza play, had some pizza on the table. But I was fasting, and they were gracious enough to know that. It didn't make them uncomfortable. It didn't make me uncomfortable. And uh, they understood that. I didn't do it to appear to men. They knew that, and they knew my heart. It wasn't about that. But I still remember desiring, and they said, well, just one piece. Why don't you see just, you know, just a little bit it, you know, it'll help you not get so weak and all that. And I still remember coming up out of my spirit was, no, I'm hungry for miracles than I am that piece of pizza. And I remember my spirit man said that. So I've used it ever since. That doesn't mean other people aren't hungry for miracles. That has nothing to do with other people. That's me. But I, my spirit said, I'm hungry for miracles. That I am that piece of pizza. I like pizza. I'm hungry for pizza. But I'm less hungry for it. Do you understand? I'm less hungry for it. And if it means for a little season, not eating it until some new wine can come and a new wine skin so I can have the presence. Because no way to walk, walk in miracles without the presence. Amen? No way to walk in miracles without the presence. The presence is the essence of the miraculous realm. We, we need to understand that it's God with us. Amen? That it's God with us. And I want to talk about that very briefly, but I'm not sure I'll get back to this, so I want to make a couple of points, and then we're going to talk about that aspect of it for just a little bit. It says in verse 36, And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment on an old, if otherwise, then both the new makes a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeth not with the old. So, there's a lot of uh, speculation and study. I've taught this a lot of ways, uh, but I'm going to simplify 
the essence of what we're trying to communicate tonight. Because we understand Old and New Testament, and you cannot take the New Testament and, and patch the Old on it, th those kind of things. We understand all of those things. So I'm not ignorant to the exegesis of the Word. Okay? But what we're really talking about is His presence. So we don't need just a little patch of His presence. We need to be endued, clothed with power from on high. His presence is a covering. That's what He's talking about. I'm with you, and when I'm with you, you're covered. Do you understand where we're going here? This is very, very important. And so He's talking about then some parables that help us to understand that it's not about the religious aspect, that it's time to fast. And we've got this, this special season of fasting, maybe the Feast of Unleavened Bread or whatever it might be, right? To where you're doing without things and, and, and you're having to do without these things at a certain time every year, like the month of Ramadan for all, all, all the, you know. Uh, well, yeah, Muslim's the word I was looking for, but, you know, the, the people of Islam. Right? This is a specified month of fasting. No, no. And you talk about folks that get angry and upset and spit on you and everything else, doing without food for a month with no grace to do so? It's ugly. It's not cleansing. If it's cleansing, they'd act different. When there's grace there for a fast, a lot of times folks don't even know you're doing it because that strength is there. Unless you happen to be in a situation where you need to be in an environment where others are eating, there's no reason for anybody to know. Because actually, if it's like Daniel's, uh, you know, students, suddenly, what happened to you? Man, you're just glowing. Well, it's because the glory of God's on you. Yeah. It anoints your flesh, see. Yeah. There you go. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You don't go around, oh, I'm so hungry. I just, God put me on this fast. and He didn't put you on anything. There's two kinds of fast. There's, I did not come in here to teach on fasting. Why am I still on this? Uh, okay, Lord, you have your way here. There's two kinds of fast, right? There's a purposed fast, just like giving. See, God can give you a specific instruction about your giving, right? So this is something that he's told you to do, and you're supposed to do it. I'm talking about a supernatural offering where he would say, give this amount, give it now, and give it to this. He'll do that. But he wants to walk with you. He wants to give you some control over you purposing your future. So much of your giving, he's not going to exactly always tell you the exact amount. So that you can increase in your purposing. Do you understand? He's, he's, you can purpose to give. A man gives as he purposes in his heart. That's not God demanding you to give something. That's not even God instructing you to give something. That's you purposing to give because you know there's a law that right. governs your future. Right. Fasting's the same way. There's a God called fast. But there's also a purposed fast. That's what, Daniel's, that's what Daniel did with those three, uh, well, we call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but... Hananiel and Mishael and whatever their names were. <laughs> the, these guys, they purposed not to defile themselves with the king's meat. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Why? He had an excellent spirit. Yep. See, we're talking about much more than food. We're talking about developing a spirit of excellence. Yeah. 
Because there is a glory, excellence connection. And the glory is the weight of God. And without excellence and integrity, we don't have the substance to handle the weight of the glory. You see, no, no great high-rise can be built on three inches of concrete. No, the foundation determines how high you can build. The quality of the structure, the integrity of the slab, what's on the inside of it, reinforcing it. And see, it's the unseen that allows people to do what the seen things are. These things come from a spirit of excellence. The Bible says Daniel got promoted to a position of dominion and authority even in the heathen world because he had an excellent spirit. We're talking about somebody that purposed not to defile their self with the king's meat. Right. Well, he says the same thing in the book of Proverbs. If you're, he says if you're a man given to appetite, huh, put a knife to your throat. Desire not the king's dainties. He's not talking about how much you weigh. Thank you for your enthusiasm. There are a lot of people that have no control over their appetite that their body type wouldn't let you know that at all. I know people that are small and tiny that just feel like that they, I just, I just get shaky if I don't eat something. They eat constantly. They're always thinking about their next meal. And what he wants is you to deliver from your God being your belly. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Because this isn't about the flesh. This isn't about you looking a certain way. This isn't about you working out and getting your beach bod. This is totally about excellence. Excellence in spirit, so that you can carry the excellent one. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Help me, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're talking about preserving his presence, and let's get to that here. He says, and no man puts new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles. The new wine will what? There's a reason you're not walking in more power. Right. Yeah. It'll burst your bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. Yeah. See, this is what I was talking about. It's not a power problem. It's not a power supply problem. That's not the problem. Oh, God, give us more power. The problem is not the power. The problem is not, we're not rated for it to flow through us. I learned this in Russia. When I was in Russia the first time in the early 90s, I, uh, I had an adapter that I thought was, I guess, supposed to work, but I don't know. And I guess, and I happened to be now in Moscow. We'd had a tour, you know, in Europe, and I'm preaching a miracle crusade in Moscow. And back in those days, you know, I was a little bit more like Alf than I am now. Anybody remember the old character Alf, you know? I remember there was that 10-10-220 commercial with Alf and Terry Bradshaw. Boy, that's phone card days. That's way back there when pay phones were actually available. And that's a long time ago. But I remember Terry Bradshaw's bald, you know, and Alpha's got all this hair, and he called him a furball. And, and Alpha just did like this, jealous, you know. So uh, <laughs> Alpha had some hair, you know. <laughs> and so in those days, um, I, I can still remember preaching in Brother Jerry's Bible school and some of the students asking people because of the way my hair was, you know. It's like... That a, he wasn't toupee, glory to God. And I remember one of my friends, you know, from the church was in student there. He said, look, 
I've been on youth trips with him. I watched him dive into a lake. I promise you, everything there is real. I've seen his hair wet. <laughs> Jealous. <But> anyway. <laughs> Glory to God. But anyhow, anyhow, praise the Lord. So in those days, I actually used a blow dryer, you know. And um, so I carried one with me to Russia. And it was rated for United States power, right? 110. Well, Russia's 220 in a, in a wall, you know. But you're supposed to have these adapters and whatever. And I'm in a five-star hotel. Now we're staying in a much nicer one as opposed to everything else we stayed in. And so I'm, praise God, I had a good, decent bath, you know, and it's good. And they had filtration on the water. It's a pretty nice hotel. And, and so I plug in this hairdryer. I turn that bad boy on. Yeah, it had a glorious few seconds. It did. This is what you heard. Man, it hit me in the face. It was, you know, it's hot air anyway. And all of a sudden it got real hot real quick. Like that. Surprised my hair didn't look like a lint ball. Because it went. And then went like that, and smoke went whoo. And man, you smelled an electrical fire. I dropped the thing in the sink. Oh yeah! I found out real quick that hair dryer wasn't rated for 220. Yeah. It wasn't wired for it. Yeah. See, the problem wasn't the power supply. The problem was the manufacturing of how it was rated to be able to flow then and operate in that power supply. The increase of the power is not the issue. Mm. Rewiring the house is the issue. Do you get me? Do you understand what's going on here? When you fast, you're rewiring the mechanism. You're laying wire down that can carry that power that he always wanted to flow through you that would blow up your flesh. See, we're talking about his presence. His presence. Did you know 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, No flesh can glory in his presence. Have you ever wondered why that your body has to be changed in the rapture or you have to die to go to heaven? Have you ever wondered why? Because this flesh can't function in that presence. It dies. It blows up. It's not rated for the glory. Do you understand? Yeah. So you got to put it off to get to go. Yes. So what we really experience when the glory comes is miniature bursts. <clears throat> Electrical pulses. Boom. <clears throat> of resurrection power. Boom. <clears throat> and that's why some folks go, boom, lights out. Come yeah. It just knocks out their electrical system. <laughs> They're not rated for it. But y'all laughing. I'm just telling y'all the truth. This is the way this thing works. <laughs> huh? So you got to start on purpose in your inner man laying some wire that'll carry this power. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I'm talking about preserving the presence. And this is what he's saying. No man, well, if a man won't do it, what, what's he saying? No man, no man, no man. He's likening that man unto God, the covenants, God's promise, the presence of God. If a man's not going to do it, well, did Jesus teach like this in other places? Sure he did. He said, if you being evil 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them and ask Him? Well, if no man's going to do it, you know God's not going to do it. If a man has enough sense not to put new wine in an old wine skin, you know God's not going to just unleash His power. That's why people aren't walking in supernatural prosperity. They haven't passed the purpose test in their heart. They, their heart's not rated to handle the prosperity because prosperity will destroy a fool. And if a person's a fool, God will not be party to anybody's destruction. He doesn't wish any would perish. He's not the destroyer. So if prosperity is going to destroy a fool, it's not about him not wanting you to have prosperity. It's about us not being in a position where he can put it on us. Why should God unleash all of heaven's prosperity on you for you to spend it on your plan? I wouldn't. If my son was killing himself, you think I'm going to give him money to go buy more needles and heroin? Well, if a man won't do that, you think God's going to? Not because he doesn't want you to have it, but because he's begging you to come back to daddy's house out of the hog pen where even the servants eat better than the people in the world. And I'm ready to restore you. I'm ready to bless you. I'll run to meet you. I won't hold it against you. And we won't even have a conversation about your past. But if you'll just come on to me and let me rewire you, everything I have belongs to you. Woo! Glory to God. Come on back into the house. Come on back into the party. Come on back into the presence. Because the presence will do things for you under, underneath its auspices. It'll clothe you. It'll rewire your wineskin. That's, that's how people get healed. That's why when they know his people, they get healed. Why? Because the, the new wine did something to the wineskin. The container, the vessel. Are you with me? And so here's what he says here. He says, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But now what's the purpose? Verse 38. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Both are preserved. So the presence is the important thing. But if there's nothing to contain it, it's so precious, he's not just going to pour it out. There have to be a people that are so aware of how precious the presence is that they prepare a container so it can stay. Oh. Do you see what we're talking about here? That's what we're talking about. We're not just talking about a service, two nights, where, oh, hands were laid on me. Ooh, I laughed and rolled around. and Ooh, Glory to God, God touched me. And the tumor disappeared. Hallelujah. Go down to that church. You can get blessed. Have that pastor pray for you. It's more than that. When we came out of our minister's conference this year, one of the things that blessed me so much, probably as much as, I mean, you guys were there. You saw the miracles. You know what took place. You know the power of God. The thing that blessed me about the whole meeting probably more than any one of those testimonies and the ones that are still coming. And they're all great, and they're all awesome. And please me, keep those cards and letters coming because I'm happy about it. But the number one thing was the next day and the next two and three days, my daughter walked in to handle something because we had let the staff off. We had intensive days, a full week of ministry, and we just gave them a little break there. 
She walked in, unlocked the door. We're getting prepared to go in the office. Didn't get a step inside the front door. And she went, ooh. Yeah. She nearly just, boom, man, dropped in the hall. She said, Dad, the presence of God has just saturated that whole property. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Amen. Dad. My son said, yeah, Dad. He, he told me later. He said, uh, Dad, he said, uh, and see, now he's in his mid-30s, spirit-filled, general surgeon, about to have a two-year stint in Nepal as a general surgeon, been around the world with me, preaching crusades and all of that, and he's working in leadership in a church, and he's had some life experience. See, my kids grew up in this. So they thought this is what every church was like. So it's a rude awakening that you have to circuit ride for days just to find one where the power of God can move. I'm not trying to down church. I love the church. Oh, do I ever love the church? But the church isn't a people gathering place. It's not about people's presence. It's about his presence. You get his presence there and then get people into his presence. Woo! Then you can get lives changed forever. Glory be to God. Amen. And, uh, and so bottom line is, is that he said, yeah, dad, he said, you know, uh, and, and I knew what he was saying because when he was younger, he was saying basically what all my children have told me and folks around us, you know, we take this for granted. We don't realize it. We've, we've taken, we're ta we take that. We grew up in it. We see miracles all the time. We see you pray for people and four stage cancer just dissolve and, and body parts grow and, and lives change and people get nailed to the floor and people slither like snakes and get free and, and kids that have incurable diseases like, uh, you know, uh, we had one young child whose hip was literally um, necrotic. It had died. He had sickle cell anemia. It was, they couldn't, they couldn't stop it. They couldn't, you know, laid hands on him and he missed a whole two years of, of sports and so forth. He said he may never play sports again. God regrew his hip totally destroyed and restructured his blood system. He has no trace of it in his body. And when he went back to playing baseball and football, they said, oh my God, he's the best player on the team. It's like he never missed a lick. I don't know what happened here. Yeah. So they saw this growing up. Y'all saw it. In one song, about four to six minutes long, we had 19 people parade across. Yeah. Amen. You saw it. With incurable creative diseases. And that's just a few of the things that have happened in the last few years. Yeah. That's not our ministry. That's not what's happened over the life of the ministry. All the time. Why? Because Jesus is present. When he's there, things change. Mountains move, demons leave, bodies are healed, money comes, people be made whole. They get recreated to original intent. This is who's here. King Jesus, the man resurrected from the dead, the third member of the Godhead who's a born again, spirit filled man that sits at the right hand of God and is my high priest in whose ministry I am and who called me to do this, never asked me to preach that he doesn't show. Yes. Woo! He is here. Woo! Woo! 
just for calling me into your ministry. That's more important to me than anything else going on tonight. I'm grateful for everything else, but nothing ministers to me like the awareness that my own son, who's now in his mid-30s, could come and say to me, Dad, he said, you know, he said, I think the people take this for granted. They don't realize. He said, you just walk in this place, and the heavy weight of God's presence is just hanging in the atmosphere. And he said, they just don't realize you can't just go anywhere and get this. And so many people, they spend their whole lives coming and going from church and never experience it once. We're not talking about visiting God's house. We're talking about dwelling in it. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Dwelling in His presence. Preserving His presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the more I talk tonight, the stronger it's going to get. I'm telling you, just because it's what he told me to do, it's who he is, and he wouldn't tell me to preach it unless he, is, unless he was coming to manifest it. And he's really talking about a church that already understands it and knows about it and has experienced it so that it's not treated common, number one. And number two, my assignment here is to help people understand that all of this don't let the devil in any way trick you to disconnect on any level. Yes. Yes. Because God's preparing a people for his presence. Yes. I'm talking about that will preserve his presence. Yes. That will live and sing and worship and give and preach in his presence. Yes. That will create an atmosphere that is resounding out. And so you won't just be the church people come to. You'll be the church that comes to you. Glory to God. His presence. They'll say, I don't know what came over me. I've never felt anything like that. Ooh, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. That's all they know how to call it. I said, that's all they know how to call it. Because what is it? His presence. Somebody told me one time uh, they happened to get tickets to the Super Bowl. And they happened to be there actually when the Giants and the Patriots were playing. And, and they just talked about the pregame and the Jets and all the stuff. And then, the, and then the, you know, the stuff that went on and the volume of the people. And, and he said, oh, man. He said, my God. And I'm texting him. And he's a spiritual believer, one of, one of our leaders. He's a spiritual believer. We're texting back and forth. He said, my God. He said, and we're sports guys, you know. He said, it's electric in this place. He said, man, your hair's standing on the end. It's just like. And I said, yeah, you know what that is, sir? He said, what? He said, what? Question, question. I said, it's a false anointing. I mean, I could just, I could just, I could just, you know, he didn't, he texted right back, but I could see that when, when I said that to him, on, even on text, it just, he's sitting in the stadium, it just, whoo, it just went right through. It's a false anointing. I said, see, humans are created in the presence of God, in the image of God. Human spirit has a dominion. You get that many humans together excited about something, it'll create an energy that'll just sweep the whole crowd up in it. That's the way the Antichrist is going to come. Folks going to chase a false anointing. If you've never tasted the real, you won't know that stuff is smoke and mirrors and fake. And the church is going to be caught up in deceiving spirits and seducing spirits and depart the faith. And they're going to believe all this liberal nonsense of tolerance. That you can do anything with anyone, anywhere, at any time. And it's universalism and God loves you and love is just take me as I am. Let me tell you, I love you. But love takes you as you are. But love doesn't let you stay that way, see? Love says, I don't want you to kill your full self. 
Exactly. I want you to have life and life more abundantly. And God has a way for you to access that life. And he loves you so much he gave. He made a way out of this. Glory to God. And you don't have to be harsh. You don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be judgmental. You don't have to be anything. You just have to let people know. It's not the fall that hurts you when you jump off the state building. It's that sudden stop at the end. There is a judgment seat. I'm not your judge. I'm not. But you will give an account. And the body of Christ, I can't remember the last time, unless I brought it up, that I've heard a, a, a message on the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ concerning eternal judgment. Because the church is so anemic. The only thing they know about judgment is, don't judge me. If you judge, you should, you know, don't judge, they should be judged. If you judge, it'll be mentioned back to you more. Don't you judge, don't you judge. That's not what the Bible says. That's written to unbelieving, offended, unforgiving people. That's not written to Holy Ghost believers. Here's what's written to Holy Ghost believers in the Bible. He that is spiritual judges everything. And he judges it comparing spiritual things to spiritual. And how in the world are you going to compare something spiritual and you don't know a hoot about spiritual things? You don't have a clue what the Spirit is. If he walked in with a red hat and said HS on it and I'm the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't have a clue who he was, but yet you're going to judge. Well, that's out of order, Pastor. That's out of order. I heard three prophecies. That church is out of order. You proud outfit, like you know all the order of the Spirit. I mean, you personally sat down and talked with God and knew all His gifts and the way He operates and all of His manifestations. You've read through the Word. You can back it up in Scripture. You know the order of the Spirit. No, you've got that in First Church of the Frigid Air. <laughs> By somebody that was trying to interpret a spiritual book with a carnal understanding. Yes. Instead of let me speak at one or at the most two by, by three, and they said, oh, there it is, there it is. More than three prophecies in the service, out of order. Oh, out of order. Oh, out of order. You don't have a clue what the order of God is. See, it looks out of order to us because we're so stinking carnal. Because we think order is sitting there like a bump on a log. Let me tell you something. If you think music is loud in church, don't go to heaven. Well, I've read about heaven. Heaven is not a quiet place. Thousands upon thousands upon multiplied thousands in a crystal sea mingled with fire are shouting 24 hours a day, Worthy is the Lamb! Worthy is the Lamb! Worthy is He who was and is to come! So if you, if you like, you know, <laughs> if you're like, bringing in the sheep, bringing in, then you're in trouble, friend, you're in trouble. I don't like that preacher, he yells at me. You know, one of my favorites. How did I get on this? I guess I'm talking about preserving his presence, see? See, people don't understand it's a kingdom, which means it has its own vocabulary, its own economy, its own laws, and its own right and ways of doing things. And, it, and huh? Unless you learn the language, you can't make any transactions. Hello? I mean, you know, unless you got an interpreter. And that's what most of preaching is. Except some of it's interrupting. <laughs> Not interpreting, you know. <laughs> Glory be to God. One of my favorites is this. This whole now very, very common. When you're talking to somebody and, they're, and you're trying to talk to them about what they're doing. And you're saying, look, 
You know this isn't right. I mean, I mean, within two sentences, oh, they'll pull this favorite one, favorite one, out of the box. <laughs> Don't preach at me. Right, preaching's a bad thing. <laughs> when the Bible says, God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Yes. That's exactly what you need is me to preach at you. Because yeah. you're idiot, you're killing yourself, and you can't see, and you're blind, and you need me to get the power to knock those demonic scales off of you. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I preach it when I wake up. I preach it when I go to bed. And if people will walk slow, I'll preach. And if you drop a hat, I'll preach. I'm a preacher. It's what I do because I'm anointed to do it. And by preaching, I'm saving the lives of people. It's only the people that are so chicken to admit they're in the dark and don't want to admit it. You're right about it. That their whole insulation is. Now don't preach at me. Don't, pre don't judge me. Don't preach at me. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Get that demon out of my face. Yeah. I'm talking about the presence of God. I want to know when God changed in the last 200 years. From the John Wesleys. Huh? And the John Alexander Dowies. And the Amy Simple McPherson's. That rides in a, in a police uniform. A motorcycle, a police motorcycle up on the stage. In an illustrated sermon. Built like a $10,000 auditorium out of wood. Paid for it in cash. Jumps off the motorcycle and says, Stop! You're arrested! You're breaking the laws of God! What about John, of John Edward, Jonathan Edwards? Sinners in the hand of an angry God. Well, you know, I don't preach a lot about hell. I'm not trying to put sin on folk. They already know they're sinning. But the problem is, we've become so scared to tell the truth that people are saying, I'm not afraid. I'm just concerned. It's not a sin. It's just another lifestyle I've chosen. See, we've renamed it. This is no longer sin. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm... And so we've taken Bible words out of church. We don't have deacons and elders. We have leaders and mentors. We don't disciple. We mentor. And then wonder why the world's all up in the church. You want to get something turned around? Find a Bible word for it. Because it has an anointing on it. You know, I talk to people all the time and they always want to be counseled. Just because the world has told them counseling is going to fix it. Now, I'm a pastor. I'm anointed to pastor you. But I'm not anointed to counsel you. He is a mighty counselor. But this word is his counsel. And so when you walk out of my office and say, well, I don't know why I come talk to Pastor Tracy about this. All he tells me is the scripture. <laughs> What'd you come to hear? <laughs> Remember, you came to me with your all broken up dysfunctional self that you hadn't been getting free from in 20 years. <laughs> I didn't set this appointment up. So instead of me listening to you for an hour 
and giving you two scriptures in 10 minutes and you listen to me to 10 minutes, how about you sit down and let me preach to you for an hour and a half. You write down everything I say. You go formulate a plan and bring it back to me so I can approve it. And, and you prepare to fast and pray about it for three days. And then I'll anoint you with oil when you come back. And we'll get you free of this thing. And you won't have any more problem with it. Amen. Amen. Because if you don't want any more than that, then here's your counseling. Admit it, quit it, forget it. Let me go preach. Because we're both wasting God's time. Wow, it's hot in here. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes messages go by real fast. Other times you're ducking when you're saying something. Glory to God. Glory to God. Either that or the people are. Yeah, I remember when <laughs> I came out of a several day meeting one time and one of my spiritual fathers years ago who's now in heaven, Hilton Sutton, he called me up. He said, hey, son, you through with that meeting? I said, yes, sir. He said, so, you done persecuting the saints, huh? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I said, yes, sir, I guess I am. Praise the Lord. And then he asked me this question. Am I going to have to go in there and clean up your mess? I said, yes, sir, you're probably going to have to get it all straight. Glory to God. He said, what'd you tell him? I said, I told him I didn't know if it was post, mid, or pre-trib, I said, I'm, ah, ah, I don't know, ah, millennial. I don't, <laughs> he, that wore him out every time, Lord God. He did not like that. Because, you know, he knew that I knew that he knew that I knew that he knew that I knew we mostly agreed on everything. <laughs> Woo! Glory be to God. <laughs> I loved him so much. Oh, I miss you, Doc. Oh, glory to God. You talk about a man that loved the Holy Ghost. You talk about a man that wasn't ashamed. You talk about a man that helped a lot of young preachers. You know, he said to me one time, he said, you know, one great thing about being in the ministry is a long time. He said, uh, is after you're in the ministry 30, 40, and even 50 years like me, he said, you see the same demon doctrines dressed up in a different dress about every 10 or 15 years running around. It just happens that the dress is blue this time. Oh, the dress is red this time. Oh, the dress is yellow this time. It's the same stuff. And all these young preachers follow it for it, hook, line, and sinker. Because they... they <laughs> oh, the Holy Ghost hadn't changed. I said the Holy Ghost hadn't changed. Oh, glory to God, the Holy Ghost hadn't changed. Somebody say preserve. preserve. Say it again. Preserve. Say it again. Preserve his, Preserve his presence. Oh, his presence is in this room. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And before you go out of here saying, well, that sure was a legalistic message, how about I tell you this? You have a legal right to his presence. It's bought and paid for by the blood. So if you don't believe in laws and spiritual laws, forget the presence because it takes spiritual laws to get in there. Not just any old thing can go in there. And his presence is the answer. I said, his presence is the answer. Glory to God, his presence is the answer. Oh, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Woo! Thy will be done on earth, on earth, on earth, on earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. That means everything happening on earth isn't God's will. Amen? And when the kingdom comes, the presence takes things that are out of the will of God woo, and begins to metamorphose. Uh, they, they, they undergo a metamorphosis. They, they change. They transfigure. Mm -hmm. Glory be to God 
into the plan of Almighty God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. He's getting a people ready. He's getting a church ready. We're preparing for his presence. We're preparing for preserving his presence. We are preserving the presence of Almighty God. Now, as we talk about this just a little bit further before we would close tonight, I, wanna, I really want to nail down this idea of with them. With them. Notice what he said here. He said, can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Somebody say, with them. With All right, I want to look at a couple of things here. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. So evidently, according to the scripture in Luke chapter 5, the word presence and the word with them are synonymous. Would you agree? I said, would you agree? Yes, sir. The scripture said it was. Jesus, that's all red right there. He said, how are they going to fast when the bridegroom is with them? And then he said, we want to preserve that presence. That new wine comes into new wineskins. There's a connection between something coming and something receiving. Yes. And once it's received, it stays. And in order, I remember I was <clears throat> at a Starbucks in the Fort Worth area, and uh, I drove out toward uh, a little town called Roanoke, Texas, and there's a Starbucks inside of Kroger there. And a lady was in there mixing drinks. Well, not mixing drinks, but, you know, putting stuff together. And, Coffee. Okay, let me. Let me. you got to watch it, you know. Praise the Lord. Anyway. <laughs> And so she got so excited because she asked me, what are you here for? And I told her, and we had a little bit of chit-chat, and she said, I know you. I said, really? She said, yeah. And she told me, 20 years ago, you did a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And she talked to me about it. I was at such such church, and you were such such church. She said, I got born again in that meeting. <laughs> and here we met 20 years later in Fort Worth, Texas. Glory to oh. God. And she's, she's fixing my coffee, and she, so she got so excited talking about it. <laughs> she got so excited talking about it that she's trying to pour the milk in my coffee. And she didn't unscrew the cap. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's like this, and she's talking to me, and she looks down, and she's trying to figure out, and she's so excited, she did it again. And, and she said, oh, starts laughing and unscrewed it. She said, you know, she said, works better with the lid off, don't it? And, she, and I looked at her, and I said, yeah, everything in life works that way. All of life works better when you take the lid off. You need to understand, there's no way to pour new wine in a closed bottle. A bottle's got a lid on it. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah. See, there's got to be a reception. Yeah. Amen. You've got to be open to receive. God has something to give you. The pro it's not a power shortage. Do you see? It's, it's laying some new wire to get ready to receive the power that wants to come in. We've got to get this thing open. We've we got to go from, you know, 16-gauge to 8-gauge to four, a big, big old wire. You know what I'm talking about? We've got big power to push here. That means the supply's got to come, and it's got to come fast. Yeah. And it's got to come full. Yeah. And we can't have resistors in the way. Yeah. Glory be to God. We need the power supplied. Amen. So we've got to lay new wire so this new wine can come. And the only way it can come into this bottle is the bottle got to be open, right? So all of life works better when you take the lid off. Yeah. And there's a difference between the lid and the covering. I don't have time to talk about that. To be covered is one thing. But, you know, control's a lid. We're not, God doesn't do that. That's why he gives us a free will. That's why access to the presence is more based upon you than him. 
He's always open, but he's not going to make you come in. Any more than the father threw a party for the son that came back from the hog pen. And they were so happy. There was so much joy. Well, why was there joy? Well, Psalm 16 says why there's joy. The Bible says in his presence. There's the fullness of joy. You wonder why so much joy is manifesting around here all the time? The joy is the presence. That's why you know he's not present in a lot of churches. You know, you thought the leadership were angels. You thought that was wings. You're around them about two weeks. You found out that's just their shoulder blades sticking out. They're not preserved. They're pickled. <laughs> you got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> I learned that. Listen, <laughs> I learned that in Sunday school and, you know, vacation Bible school. If the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Woo! Yeah, glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. He, he, he. Ha, ha, hallelujah. Hosanna. He, 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 he saved me. I've got the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord's here. I'm pre- He's present. He's present. What's there to be sad about? I'm thankful. He's present. He's here. Woo, glory to God. And it's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. And I know it's working. What's there to be sad about? What's there to be down about? What's there to have my eyes down about? Woo! So we need his presence, if for nothing else, to get some folks happy. Because they're like concrete otherwise. Mind is thoroughly mixed and well set. I mean, they are frozen in that position. Like my mama used to say to me, boy, you better get that, you better get that look off your face. You're going to freeze that way, you know. Some folks did. I know. I preached in those churches. Some folks, their mama's words came true. They froze that way. They, you had to break them out of that plaster Paris to get them to crack a smile, man. That's why they call it crack a smile. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God, His presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. So we're talking about being open and Him coming in. Once you receive Him, There's expansion and stuff that takes place on the inside, but it changes the wineskin. And the point is, there's something that comes from another place, but it comes into this place, and now both of them abide consistently united. They don't ever, you you see what I'm saying? And not only, not only when you're open can it be poured into you, but when you're full of it, it can be poured out of you. That's the purpose of it. That's the purpose of fullness. That's the purpose of him being in you. So it's not just for you. So that everybody gets around you gets in the splash zone. You know, you go to SeaWorld, there's the first few rows there, and they say, be cautious here, you know, because this is the splash zone. Why? Because Free Willy or Shamu or somebody going to come through there and After they get that ball or ring on their nose, they're going to flop down in that water, and if you sit on the first three rows, you're going to get splashed. Well, I'm telling you right now, you need to get on up here at the spout where the glory comes out. You need to live in the splash zone. I said you need to live in the splash zone. You, hey, glory be to God. Woo, there's an outpouring coming. And I'm positioning myself under the flow, under the flow of the presence of the power of the greatest glory storm in the earth. 
earth. It's on the way. It's on the way. Glory be to God. And it's on the way here. And it's looking for places to stay. One of the greatest things that blessed me so much about John Kilpatrick talking about the great Pensacola revival as he talked about what led up to it and his life and some things that were going on with him and all he was trying to do in the natural, and I won't get into that, but when the power of God came on him and the wind of God blew through there on the Father's Day, he was stuck to the floor for four hours and couldn't move. Now, he could hear things around him, but his body said he felt like he weighed 200 tons. He, just, he was stuck to the floor, and he talked about an atmosphere of the presence of God. I don't have time to get into that, but one of the comments he made that blessed me so much is he said, so, after we prepared and prepared for about two years, they prayed on Sunday nights, they did this. He said, we prepared, he said, until finally. He said, till finally. And here's the example he used. The scriptural law, the spiritual law that he used was Jesus sending them out about two by two. And he said, when you go someplace and you step up on the porch, you say, peace be to this house. And he said, if your peace abides on the house, go in there and preach and fellowship with them and heal the sick that are therein and so forth. He said, but if you step up on that porch and say, peace be to this house, and the peace flies back in your face. It, see, now I've had that happen in the healing line a lot. A lot of people don't know it, but it's, it's tangible. It's real. I say, in the name, boom. in the name of Jesus, boom. in the name of Jesus, boom. well, it stayed in there and stayed. See, it went in and stayed. But every once in a while, I'll stand in front of somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, and I feel like, go, I feel like and they go, and just come right back into it. Yeah. See, I never understood that scripture until I started handling spiritual things. Yeah. But that's what happened to those two by two when Jesus sent them out, peace be to this house. And go, whoop. it's like a rubber ball bouncing off a wall, boom. Yeah. Well, why? Because there's discord, disharmony, strife, dysfunction, demon presence, all kind of junk in the house. Peace of God can't stay there. He doesn't like the atmosphere. He won't live there. He won't stay there. Are you listening to me? And he talked about getting the atmosphere prepared over a two-year period until on that Father's Day. He said the power of God blew in there on Father's Day. And he said God liked the atmosphere so much, he just stayed. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going there, man of God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Woo! I'm telling you right now, I'm going there. Let me show you. I want to prophesy to you what's about to happen all over America. It's found in the book of Amos. Go with me to the book of Amos. Oh, we hadn't read Acts yet. We'll come back. Let's go to the book of Amos. Let me show you this. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. In case you're wondering where Amos is. It's the book in your Bible in the Old Testament starts with an A. So on page 1445. <laughs> Does that help you any? I didn't think so. Praise the Lord. All right, Amos chapter 4. Yeah, I got the same Bible you got. Look at there. <laughs> hey, that's good. Now, if it doesn't have any coffee stains down in those pages, it means that's not your devotional reading, and I got you. It's back there when those pages are stuck together. You know, oh, yeah, that's Amos back there. Obadiah and Hezekiah, the book of Hezekiah. Some of y'all will catch that in a minute. Okay. I want to read something to you here. Amos chapter 4. <laughs> the prophet said, the prophet said, look at this now. How many believe it's harvest time? I believe it's our harvest time, don't you? He said, I have also withholden, verse 7, the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. It's harvest time. Somebody say it's harvest time. It's harvest. Now say, not everybody, not everybody is going to receive it. 
Now notice what the Lord says here. I caused it to rain upon one city. Caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So, two or three cities wandered to one city to drink water. That means there's coming some outpourings. And it's not coming everywhere. But where it does come, the whole region is going to come there and drink. Well, there's a glory storm on the way. I said there's a glory storm on the way. I believe one of those places is Albemarle, North Carolina. I believe one of those places, right, is Frisco and Buxton, North Carolina and all the islands. I believe one of those places is Jefferson, South Carolina. I believe it's on the way. I believe a glory storm is coming. I believe you better get that new building built because they're going to be hanging out the windows anyway. I believe the glory of God is going to rain on that city and cause all the surrounding cities to come and drink water because of the outpouring and the storm. He loves that place so much. He likes the atmosphere so much. He's just going to blow in there and he's going to stay. So I'm working on the wineskin. Why? So he can pour it. The problem's not the outpouring. The problem is the wineskin. You get the wineskin ready, the outpouring's at the ready. It's like the power supply in that Russian motel room. The power supply wasn't the issue. It was the wiring of the unit it was flowing into. And I found out real quick that if we're going to try to get this done with our model of church and our carnality and our short services and our mind about what it's supposed to be with fake lights and smoke and mirrors, I'm not against all that. we got all that. we got to have it for television. And we're going to have more of it. And it's going to be state-of-the-art, as excellent as can be. And we're going to be cutting-edge video, cutting-edge techno, cutting-edge everything. But you know what the cutting-edge is going to tell people? That they didn't have to go to the doctor and get cut on because stage four cancer was inoperable. But this power that's in here destroyed it and killed it. That's what they're going to hear. Glory to God. I'm for it all. But all of it was created to display the wondrous works of the resurrected Lord. And without the presence, it's nothing. Without the presence, it's veneer. Without the presence, it's fluff, it's chaff, it's hay, it's stubble. Nothing to stay for. No abiding presence, no foundation to build on. Nothing real, smoke and mirrors. Reminds me of an old western I saw one time where they were trying to get out and delay the folks that were riding against them. So they jumped in together and pulled a bunch of stuff out of town and went up, you know, on the road to town about a mile or two up the way, and they built a whole city front, and they put all these things behind it, you know, so when they rode into the city, they thought they were in town, huh? And they stopped and attacked the town, and all it was was a shell. Meanwhile, the other people, the real people, escaped. This is what the church has done. It's built a shell. Come on now. Come on, smoke and mirrors. Just a facade. No, Jesus is resurrected. I said, Jesus is resurrected. Yeah, glory to God. It's not built on spilts. 
Still, excuse me, this isn't, this isn't fool's gold we're talking about here. We're talking about the mighty power of the glory of the resurrected Lord who has the keys and was alive and is dead and is now alive forevermore and has dominion and a name that's above every name and no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every demon squirms when he shows up and the anointing like lightnings drive disease and curse out of the lives of the people. He's the one worthy to be adored. He's the one to fall on your face and raise your hands to. He's the one to dance before and sow to and tithe to. He's the one to sit at the feet of and unless the anointing's in the teaching, unless the anointing's in the preaching, your labor and your work and worship is in vain. You need to go get you something else and go to the bowling alley and do something else because it's just as effective for your victory. Make a decision right now. What we're doing is not carnal. And what we're doing is not common. And even this two nights is totally different than any two nights I've had in the church in a long, long time anywhere. And it couldn't be done. Could not have been done without the preparation already made and the partnership already given and the door of the Spirit already opened up to where now the Spirit of God is saying, look here, I want to lay the pathway into my glory storm that's coming to Albemarle, North Carolina. I'm gonna, I was going to be a mushroom cloud of signs and wonders and miracles. This thing's going to spiral like a hurricane. You thought category five was something. You wait till the king of kings gets a hold of that thing and starts spinning it like a top. Glory be to God. He is a mighty God. And there's lightning bolts coming out of his fingertips. When he walks, the, the voice of the God of glory thunders. He rides on the waves of many waters. Oh, he's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. And he is a consuming fire. But for me, he's my covenant friend, my daddy and my brother. And he's in me and on me to get his will done. Glory be to God. And I'm going to get it done. In every nation of the earth. In every church I go into. In every place we fly and land and drive and preach. And and every television show we produce. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'm not talking about the fake. I'm talking about the real. I'm talking about the presence of an almighty, everlasting God that wants to sit on his people. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. I know there's, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it looks like, son. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, how do I do that? Motonde Gejana Malo Boko de Skirta, Nagransabo, Zendeblofra, Sebe Estomada, Sebe Ochtene de Keste, Sariste Baracuste. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. 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 Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, glory to God. Father, we love and bless you and magnify you. We glorify you, King Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. I bless you, King of Kings. I worship you, Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. Let's just pray a little bit more in the Holy Ghost. We're in an anointing where I can see. I believe you can see. But I want to see more clearly. Yes, sir, I understand. Mass A little bit more, folks. Glory to God. Let's just believe God here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand. That's what you've been getting at the whole time. May I do that other? May I do it that way? Okay. Spirit of God just gave me some very specific instruction. I can see tonight that a number of the things he talked to me about his presence, I'm not fully going to be able to get there. So he's given me permission to, uh, to say something to you. Last night, we opened up this scripture in Genesis chapter 3. And I'm, I'm going to ask you for a moment not to turn there. We're going to turn to a couple as we prepare to allow his presence to move on his word and for the word to become flesh and dwell among us. Last night we talked about Genesis chapter 3 where Adam had sinned and the Lord came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And it says in Acts chapter, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, Adam heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam hid himself from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees. We talked about that a little bit. I want to to make two comments about that 
as we step into something he just showed me while we were praying there. Number one, his voice, God's voice, is his presence. The whole purpose of getting into his presence is to hear his voice. Now, I'm just going to be real honest with you. There's so many directions a person can go. I'm not going to say that I missed it. I didn't. But I need to let you know that sometimes we get to a place in a meeting like this where we've preached ourselves into a place where we've about used up all our capacity. It's kind of like the battery on your phone. And so you do the most essential things with the battery you got left. Do you not? Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to go into low power mode. And we're not shifting into low power mode. <laughs> All right. So uh, I should have allowed myself a little more battery to talk about the voice of the Lord. But let me talk about it very briefly. Because I know he wants to talk to you about it. He hid himself from the presence. So there's two things I want you to see. God's voice and God's presence are synonymous. Number two, I want you to see his presence can come, but you can hide from it. So what I want you to see is when his presence comes, it's up to you to show up. I want to talk to you about that very briefly. The Lord told me to tell you four things. One, Elijah, when he anointed Elisha, put his mantle over him and just kept on walking. Elisha took off and, ch took off and chased him. And Elijah turned around and said, uh, what did I do to you? In other words, it wasn't the responsibility of Elijah to get Elisha to stay in his presence. It was the responsibility of Elisha to make a decision. If I want this anointing, I've got to stay in his presence. Now, I'm going to tell you all four of these things. That was number one, because I want to demonstrate to you in the places of Scripture, just, these are just a few, that it's up to us to be in his presence. If we're going to get access to his voice, where is his voice? In his presence. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. With him means his presence. That's why we focus on that word with him. That's what it says in Acts 4.13. When John and Peter walked through Gate Beautiful in that great notable miracle where the man got feet and ankle bones, it says, indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them. And we can say nothing against it. But they took knowledge of them. That they were both unlearned and ignorant fishermen, but they had been with Jesus. That miracle came from them being with him. See that? That's the critical component of staying in the presence of God. So, number two, let me say it this way. Probably a better way to say it, actually, it's still number one. Elijah was not responsible for the mantle staying on Elisha. 
So he draped his mantle over him. But just because he was touched by the presence of that mantle didn't mean the mantle came on him. The mantle didn't come on him until later. Yeah. Mantle, he experienced the presence of that anointing. But it didn't come to stay until he pursued the presence. Yeah. You, see, you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. This is really important. Amen. Now, what that means is when you think about this, then Gehazi, Elisha, this is really important information. When Gehazi made a choice to run after Naaman and he took the gold and the clothes and everything, you, do you realize what Gehazi could have had? Have you ever stopped to think what kind of an anointing Gehazi could have walked in? And he chased silver. And Naaman's leprosy clung to it. And here's what Elisha said. And this, here's my point. Elisha said when he got back to the house, where have you been? Gehazi said, lied to him, deception. Thy servant went no whither. That's old King James, you know. He said, yeah, you did. My spirit went with you. Was I not standing there with you? Present. I saw it. I saw everything. You ran after him. My body wasn't there, but I was present. And I saw Naaman turn around and greet you. And I saw you take those clothes and stuff. Now Naaman's leprosy will cling to you. Now listen, this is really important. The point I want to make is this. Elisha saw what was going to happen. Elisha's spirit went with him while it happened. That anointing was present all the way to him making the decision. But Elisha in no way was instructed to stop Gehazi from making that decision. Gehazi had to make the decision. Whose presence to stay in? Are you listening to me? This is very important. You know, the same, the same truth Think about this. Jesus. This is the most amazing thing. When he came down off the mountain, he, the Bible says they were three miles out at sea. It was three o'clock in the morning. Jesus was in a mountain praying and he saw them. Excuse me. He saw them having trouble rowing and it's three in the morning and no lights and they're out three miles in the sea and he walks toward them. The key phrase is, and would have passed them by. But yet the Bible is very clear. whole reason he left the mountain and walked on the water was he was going to them to help them. And he was making more progress than they were in the boat. But had they not responded to the presence, the presence would have walked right on by. See, that's exactly what the woman with issue of blood did. The presence was walking down that street. She made a demand on it. That's exactly what Bartimaeus did. The presence was walking down the street and he made a demand on it. That's exactly what Zacchaeus did. I can't see. I want to see this man. I want to see who this man is. He climbed up in a tree. When Jesus walked under the tree, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, he knew him already by name. He gave somebody a seed to plant that tree so the tree could grow in the past 
so that the tree would be there for Zacchaeus to climb in, for him to walk under, so that if Zacchaeus chose to do so, he would climb down and he says, I'm coming to stay at your house today. Do you see this? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? This is, the, this is why we're saying this. This is the issue. And the Lord really dealt with me about this and just very strongly about Jesus and Peter. Did you know Jesus knew exactly what Peter was going to do? At the last supper, he looked at him and said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows in the morning. You read the story. Peter was with an eye shot. When the cock crowed was the third time he denied him. You go read the story. Jesus was standing there and the Bible says the cock Jesus looked at him and Peter had denied the Lord three times, ran out and wept bitterly. Most amazing thing that Jesus told him what was going to happen but did nothing to intervene. How powerful is your choice to either come into or hide yourself from the presence of God? And if you run on in there, oh, glory to God, are you hearing me? If you run on in there, now here's the thing. I talked about it raining. I talked about it raining on one city and not on other cities. Let me just talk to you about that. I said the presence and the voice. So I get in the presence of God, I get access to the voice of God. I get in the presence of God, I get access to the anointing of God. How God anointed. So the anointing is His presence. Right? Now David said several times, where can I go and your spirit is not there and your presence is not there. He said, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from your presence. So clearly the Holy Spirit and the presence of God are synonymous. When the presence of God is here, the Holy Spirit is here. When the Holy Spirit is moving, the presence of God is moving. So we call it the river. We call it the goosebumps. We call it the joy. Call it what you want. Jump in when it's flowing. Get in the presence. Call it what you want. Come on into the presence of God. Come on into the joy of the Lord. Come on into the party. Come on into the miracles. Come on into the blessing. The presence of God has what you need. Direction, instruction, impartation, help wisdom, healing, supply. It's right there in the presence. And you get in his presence, you'll never leave the same. Five minutes in his presence, it's worth five lifetimes trying to figure it out on your own. Oh, the presence of God. Oh, the almighty presence of God. So the presence of God is synonymous with his voice. The presence of God, he is the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is synonymous with the anointing. When the anointing's in operation, that is the very presence of Almighty God. I can prove it to you from the scripture. So here's the thing I want to close with is this, these two ideas. One, one is Psalm 69. I want you to look at this. As we were praying in the Holy Ghost there, I saw this. I want you to read in Psalm 69. Oh, glory be to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. God. Say the presence of the Lord. Lord. Oh, glory to God. The presence of the Lord is moving mightily. Amen. Amen. The presence of the Lord is moving mightily. Do you believe it? I think I said 69. I meant 68. Excuse me. Psalm 68. We're eventually going to get down to verse 9. But notice what it says here. It says, verse 7. Oh, God, when you went forth before your people... When you did march through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook. 
Somebody say, the earth shook. shook. Now what else happened? The heavens also dropped. Mm. Do you see this? The heavens also dropped. Woo! They did what? They dropped. Mm. Swing low. Sweet chariot. See, that's what we're talking about. Heaven's sweeping through here. Heaven's connecting to earth. There's wine in a wineskin. It's pouring out and coming into me. The heavens dropped. Woo! The earth shook. Say, the earth shook. The heavens dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, did send, look at this, a plentiful rain. Do you see what we're talking about? I'm going to cause it to rain on one city and not on another city. And two or three cities are going to come to the one city to drink water. The rain is the heavens dropping. The rain is the presence of God. And it's going to be a place where it's so, so, so wonderful to him, he's going to blow in one day and he's just going to stay. It's just going to be a stalled out frontal system. And it's going to sit here and circle over your church. And it's going to dump heaven and 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 dump heaven. heaven Till everybody's bank account goes to flood stage. And everybody's healed bodies go to flood stage. And everybody's families get restored to flood stage. Glory be to God. And one of my, do you see this? The presence of Almighty God. Now look what he's saying here. And then he says, here's what you're going to do. Send a plentiful rain whereby you did confirm your inheritance when it was weary. There's nothing like when you get weary in well-doing and you're right at the harvest and the weariness is about to keep you from getting your harvest. Here comes the presence of God to refresh you and strengthen you and empower you and pick you up with a second wind to run on right past the ticker tape to the finish line. There you go. Amen. It's exactly what he gave you in that fast. His presence. And where there is his presence, there's the essence of everything he is. Strength and energy and grace and help and wisdom, and supply, and power, and instruction, and insight. Do you see this? We want to be in his presence. We want to be in his presence. And here's a word for this church and anybody that receive it. Thy, verse 10, thy congregation has dwelt therein. Do you see what's happening? Your congregation it's about to dwell in this presence. Yeah. It's going to bring the church, bring it into your hands. It already has. It did it last night. Yeah. It's going to confirm the weary. It's going to bring everybody's life to the flood stage of the full benefit of what the blood bought covenant has promised. Yeah. I don't have time to go to Isaiah 33, but if I did, sweetie, here's what you'd find out. It says fearfulness. That means the fear of God, the presence of God is going to surprise the hypocrites. People are going to be begged and bugged and they well, just come to church with me one time. Just come one time. Just come one time. And they don't know it, but when they walk through that back door, they're going to walk through a wall of glory jello. And they like, whoa, what is this? Whoa, whoa. Church, this is church. Whoa, what is this? 
is coming. Yeah. Thy congregation yeah. is going to dwell therein. Yeah. Your congregation yeah. is going to dwell therein. Yeah. And is going to confirm your inheritance and confirm everything he told you to do. And the naysayers are going to fall aside. And the weapons are going to fall to the ground. And your rear guard is going to show up and vindicate you. Yeah. Woo! Glory be to God. Oh. Stay the course. The, course. the presence of God is coming. Well, I'm glad y'all said it, but I didn't say say the course. I said stay the course. <laughs> stay the course. <laughs> what you laughing about? Stand up. <laughs> Laugh some more. Glory to God. <laughs> Confirm your inheritance, Lord. Cause this man to dwell therein. <laughs> Go live in his house. Yes. Woo! Have him look out the window and see angels. Woo! Have him wake up in the middle of the night and Jesus at the foot of his bed. Woo! Have him have visions, dreams, mighty words, signs and deeds. And thank you for the mantle of the great ministry of the head of the church that owns his life. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Somebody said the presence. The presence. The presence. That's what I long for. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Well, there's more there, but I believe that's enough of that. Glory to God. Except he does say this, thy congregation will dwell therein, and you, O God, have prepared your goodness for the poor. So the Lord gave the word, and great was the company that published it. The presence of God's on the way. I said the presence of God is on the way. I said the presence of Almighty God is on the way. Woo! And he's going to love this place so much he's just going to stay. Yes. He's going to dwell there. Glory to God. Yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Just what you told me I'll do. Go to Psalm 23. Look at this. Oh, the Lord said this to me in the room. If I don't get any past this at all, the Lord said this to me in the room. Powerful. Psalm 23. You know what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Right? I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Thou art with me. Whoa, you're what? Woo, there your presence is. I can't go anywhere where you're not present. Do you see this? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it doesn't matter what's going on around me, you're there. I said it doesn't matter what's going on around me, you're there. It doesn't matter what's going on around me, there he is, his presence. There he is. Woo, there he is, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46, 1. There he is. So what I want you to see is verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now look at this. You prepare a present. You prepare a table. God, you do. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I'm present at the table. Enemy's present. But who's preparing him? He got to be present. Notice how he's going to deal with getting what he's put on the table to you where the enemy, and the enemy can't stop it. Thou anointest my head with oil. 
Do you see this? I've got an anointing to receive what he's prepared for me even though the enemy presently is trying to stop it. God prepared it. He's going to get it to me. And because he's present, it doesn't matter that the enemy's present. Do you see this? So the Lord said to me in the room, I was praying about this meeting. He said to me, the presence of the enemy is not an issue at the table when the presence of God is there. Did you hear what I said? In your situation, the presence of the enemy at the table is not an issue when the presence of God is there. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Why? You prepared a table before me right in the presence of my enemies. And the reason, the way I eat from that table is by the anointing. So he just tells me right here, the anointing is the supply of his presence. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How was God with him? By the Holy Ghost and the anointing. God was present with him through the anointing. The anointing is God's presence and when the devil's present in the presence of the anointing, the oppression leaves and the healing table is set. Can you see that? So the presence of the enemy at the table is of no issue when God is present at the table. So the problem is not the presence of the enemy. The problem is the absence of his presence. You get his presence in there, it's like light shining in the darkness. The problem is not the presence of darkness. It's the absence of light. Glory be to God. See, the power supply is not the issue. It's the wiring mechanism. And oh, glory to God, he's present. Oh, glory to God, he's present. Oh, glory to God, he's present. Do you believe that? He's present. Do you really believe that? Glory to God. Put your Bible there on top of your purse. Glory to God. Stand straight up. Do you really believe that? Are you an open vessel? Yes. How? Bless her, Jesus. Overwhelm her. Overwhelm them with your presence. His mighty presence is moving through the room right now. We're still in receiving mode. We're still in learning mode. We're still in listening mode. But all this time, this presence is flurring over our head like a, like, almost like a vortex. Just waiting for the heavens to drop. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? We don't have enough talk about this. We had not enough teaching on this. I have, I've heard very little messages ever on the presence of God as such that way. I've heard people talk about practicing his presence and other things. But the bottom line is, the Lord said, if you're going to have faith for it, you've got to hear it. And he told me he's preparing a people for his presence. One of the things he said to me when we were praying a moment ago, the Lord reminded me of this. Such a powerful, powerful thing he said to me. He said about Peter and John, they took knowledge of them, for they had been with Jesus. And he gave me in the hotel room when I was praying over this, Matthew 4, 23. Matthew 4, 23, 24, and 25 says he went about all the villages in the synagogues preaching and teaching and healing. Every manner of sickness and every manner of disease amongst the people. When he came there, it said they ran in the region round about and they brought to him. God began to talk to me about being up on Mount of Transfiguration. He took three boys with him. You know, one of them was the one whose shadow healed the sick. 
Something was transferred to Peter on that yeah. mountain. Yeah. He said, now you don't even know enough about to talk about it right now. And so you don't do it before I'm raised from the dead. But when I'm raised from the dead, you're going to be talking about this. Because the voice of his excellent glory, what you've seen here on this mountain, you're going to take down to the people. And what the Lord really dealt with me about the connection. I don't have time to get into it tonight, but you'll get it. Why do your disciples, why do their disciples fast? Your disciples fast not. And yet he comes down from the mountain. I'm convinced that what he said, does remember what he said? The father said, I took him to your disciples. They could not cast the devil out of this boy. You know what he said? Oh, foolish generation, whatever. And then he said this, bring him here to me. I mean, as soon as that demon got in his presence, he started having a fit. So when they said, why couldn't we cast him out? He's talking about those nine. He wasn't talking about Peter, James, and John. Wasn't all 12 of them. Oh, come on now. Follow me here. You see what I'm saying? The nine that were down in the valley that didn't go up the mountain. The Bible says when his countenance was altered, it says he changed in their presence. See, this is what you need to understand. You need to stay in his presence long enough until the way you see him changes in your presence. That's what will transfigure you to look like him. So when he came down that mountain, he said, bring him here to me. What's this about the presence? And it dawned on me, those three were in his presence. Those nine were not. Are you getting this? Yes. Do you see this? Yes. And so no wonder he said to them, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. <laughs> He's setting up the model. Do you see this? Yes. He's saying, you had trouble dealing with this demon because I was away and I wasn't present. <laughs> and you didn't have the spiritual wiring to deal with it on your own unless you've been in my presence. <laughs> Am I helping anybody? Yes. Oh, glory be to God. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm helping me. See, just when I almost stopped throwing coal in the boiler, we started praying, and the Holy Ghost said, chugga, 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 chugga. He said, you keep on going. He said, you keep on going. Why? Because he's depositing something. I don't know how long they stayed on that mountain, but the Bible says that Elijah and Moses appeared and talked to him. They had talked to him for a long time. They might have been there all night for all I know. All I know is the change came suddenly. See, you can be in his presence for a long time, but you've got to stay in there for the suddenly to happen. The suddenly's come out of that presence. The, come, suddenly's, ah, the suddenly's come out of staying in his presence. See, it's amazing to me that they tarried 10 days, but then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, suddenly. Well, was it suddenly or was it 10 days? It was both. <laughs> See, they stayed in his presence for 10 days, so they got rewired to have a suddenly. Do you see, it was that 10 days of staying in prayer that brought them to the place where Pentecost, where they were prepared for Pentecost. So that when it fell, it fell on them. And cloven tongues like into fire came on their head, but they were wired for it. God was passing out assignments. Glory be to God. And now they're wired for it. The fire of God fell on them. Talking about the presence of God. Staying in the presence of God. Staying in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. 
Glory be to God. Well, here's what he said to me as I was praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, he took me back through this and he said, I want you to, I want you to say, just keep on. Keep saying what I told you to say because there'll be a deposit. Now, can you sense your faith levels at a different place? I can sense it. The service just shifted. When we stopped and we began to pray, the service just shifted. I can talk to you about everything's going on and absence of presence for the church is the problem. But preaching the problem never fixes anybody. Preaching the answer is where the, where, where the power is. See, it's not enough to know I don't have enough power. What I got to know is where do I plug in? Right? Every sinner knows they're already sinning. So telling them they're sinning is never the answer. Because they already know that. That's not the gospel. The good news is there's something about that. There's something that you can be healed from. The power of God's here to help you with something you can't do on your own. Glory to God. You can break free from things too strong for you. So while I was praying there, the Spirit of God said to me, just like the power, my power was in here last night for a harvest, he said, my power's in here tonight to heal. And this is the verse he gave me. Luke 5, we were in Luke 5. You back up a few verses. Luke 5, 17. It came to pass as Jesus was teaching that the power of God was present to heal. Do you see this? His presence is his power. And in that presence is healing. Confirmation of the weariness of the length of the battle. The inability to get over the hump in our own strength. Oh, but there is a presence. There is a river. It may sound a little old school, but if I could play the keyboard, I'd probably go up there and just start playing the keyboard and start saying, there is a river. There is a river. That's Jimmy Swagger's song. No, that's a kingdom song. He took it out of the word. That's not Jimmy Swagger's song. That's a kingdom song. So you've got to get past the familiarity. Well, that's not my style of music. Well, then evidently the kingdom may not be your style because there is a river that makes glad the city of God. And it's flowing now. I said, it's flowing now. And it doesn't matter if you sing it upbeat or slow. It's still a river. And it's time to get in it. It's time to get in that presence. It'll change everything about our lives in every way imaginable. There's somebody here tonight that needs a healing in their eyes. I see that by the Spirit of God. There's supernatural, supernatural help. I'm talking about your, your eye, not only your spiritual eyesight, but your, your physical eyesight. Glory to God. And I, I know by the Holy Ghost, by word of knowledge, who it is, but the Lord is, is going to ask me to operate in what I preached. And what that means is, is uh, people are going to have to respond. Not saying that this is the only person. You understand, there may be more than one person needs a healing in their eyes. That's not the point. And anybody that responds can get it. And this isn't the only thing that the Spirit of God is going to talk about here. But what I want to say to you about the Spirit of God is, then I talked about how that Elisha had to go after it. That Gehazi had a choice to stay in it, yeah. right? Yeah. That Peter, notice, Jesus told Peter what was going to happen, yeah. right? Now look here, yeah. look what's happening. He's in the presence. Mm-hmm. Right here in the middle of all of us, and I'm talking, and you're listening, and you're putting stuff away, and whatever, look where he is. Look what happened to him. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sure he'll know where he was until he gets home tonight. The presence. He could come on you anytime. Anywhere for anything that you need, and it's here right now. Many, many times, many, many times, the anointing comes on me so strong, 
In fact, it's the primary way God uses me. Very powerfully, very rapidly. So a lot of times bodies are flying around and hitting the wall and stuff is happening. And it's like a whirlwind. I like that stuff. And that's great. And it's what I live for. And that's the power. Kind of like that hairdryer. Wee! But tonight, tonight I sense his presence is just going to integrate itself into your being. In a very supernatural way. And that there's no need to be in a hurry about it. Because it's going to be like one of those soaker hoses. You know, a lot of times when I preach, folks feel like they're drinking out of a fire hydrant. And I learned from John Osteen, a great preacher's preacher years ago. He said, you know, we ought to be less like fire hydrants, a little bit more like those sprinkler hoses, those soaker hoses, you know. I, I get that. I know that because I get excited about it and I stay at it. But there's moments like now where we're at a point of reception. And it's not about pushing something into somebody or making them receive it or wanting so bad they get it that you just get overzealous. Right now, you've got to be an Elisha and chase it. Yeah. Right now, you've got to say, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment. Lord said something to me that just changed my world many years ago, but he went deeper in the room today as so I was praying. Brother Eddie, he said this to me in Acts 19. And this isn't all he said, but just a thought I'm supposed to say tonight right here before we pray for people. He said God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now think about this. God, this is Acts 19, 11, 12. God worked special miracles. Mm. Do you want that? I do. I've had it. I've had a taste of it. Considerable taste of it, but not even, I'm in the single digit percentage of where I'm going. I'm telling you. But that God works special miracles by the hands of the Apostle Paul. So that from his body, isn't that interesting? We're carried handkerchiefs. Now notice. The hands represent the whole body. Did you get that? God worked the miracles by his hands so that from his body, handkerchiefs were taken. You see this? I began to understand years ago, and I understand more deeply now, why he wants us to lay hands on the sick. Because he wants his body. His whole body. There's not one part of the body of Christ missing or sick or broken. He wants his whole presence of his whole body just by the laying on of hands to flow into your whole body. God works special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body, do you see this? We're taking handkerchiefs and aprons. Tonight, the Lord told me to tell you by the Spirit of God, if you desire it, We're just going to take a few minutes. We're going to minister to you by the presence of God. And by the law of contact and transmission, if you would be willing to receive, just like you did last night, but it's a little bit of a different flow. One of the things is, is that his presence is not a feeling. See, 
I know Brother David Stowe is here. And I didn't walk in here and go, oh, that's, that's Brother Stowe. Praise God, he's here. <laughs> oh, yeah, praise God, Brother David Stowe. <laughs> See, that just seems so weird. That, yet that's what we're... Well, trust me, it's weird to him and me. So we're sacrificing for you. Now, why is it okay for you not to think God's here unless he feels all over you? He's present. Do you get this? Do you see this? He moves and operates by faith. Plug into the presence. The power supply is not the issue. It's the plugging in mechanism. It's the openness. And the final thing the Lord told me to tell you, final thing the Lord told me to tell you is when that widow woman took those jars in behind, she shut the door. She shut the door on her and her sons and started pouring the oil. That means the oil multiplies behind closed doors. When you get in presence of God and you're open, the oil will begin to flow. Now, I know that tonight may have gone a little bit different direction. And I feel a little bit tonight almost like when the Lord Jesus said to the crowd, what would you come out to see? Because that's what happened to Naaman. Naaman came up, got frustrated and turned his big horse around and blew off, still sick. And he did because he thought, you mean you're going to send your servant out here? I thought surely the prophet would come out and slap both sides of the horse with his mantle and put on a show. After all, I am a general. So God has very, in a calculated way, done something in this house that is extremely special. He must really, really love you guys. You must have caught his heart. Because he's giving instruction about all kinds of different ways. And he's just going to come in here and stay and manifest and touch lives. It's not going to be about putting on a show. There'll be times that you'll have to step back and watch the show because it'll be, it'll be like a laser light show. I mean, he's going to show in, show, blow in, show up, show out. And he'll do it many more times. Than, but he's also going to blow in and there'll be times the glory of God will sit and two years ago at our minister's conference, glory God moved in there. It was two hours. We didn't move. I didn't. I, I guess people didn't move. I thought everybody was gone. When I finally came to myself two hours later, everybody was still there <laughs> that I knew of. Now, that had happened a few years before, and somebody had watched their watches about 41 minutes. I mean, people didn't sniff. They didn't move. They didn't cry. They didn't budge. They didn't drop something. They didn't get on their knees. I mean, it's like it dropped in there, and people just were stuck, frozen. Well, you know, that makes a carnal person uncomfortable. Because most people don't like themselves enough to be alone with their self. So they got stuff going in their ears all the time and entertainment going all the time because they can't be alone because they don't like their self. So when the glory of God moves like that and things get frozen, cherish that. It's not a lesser move. It's often a greater move. And the reason is because it's heavy laden with the infusion of something that 
cause you never to be the same. I came out of a meeting once and I had seen over into the meeting and we had great miracles. I mean, honestly, later I felt about this high when the Lord spoke to me because we had some of the most creative miracles I'd ever seen. We had a guy that had several neck surgeries, titanium plates. His neck was frozen. He couldn't move or anything. Power God picked him up and slammed him to the floor. Whack. Got him up two or three times. He go whack. And he got up. He was completely and absolutely delivered. And there was a number of other great miracles like that in the meeting. And I went back and not everything I saw that I prayed out had happened. And I, I just, rather than rejoicing over all the great miracles that happened, I was distraught over, at that time I didn't know in the prophet's office you can see beyond into other things. And I thought everything I was seeing had to be done in that meeting. I learned a lot. But I remember when the Lord said to me, he said, son, and he had to correct me because I was getting over into the place to where I thought there wasn't a real anointing there unless there was a show or some big old display. And I was about to get into error over that. Are you hearing me? And I remember him saying to me, Son, did it ever occur to you that it's the shallow rivers that make the most noise? He fixed me right up. So we have to know his presence. We have to know his voice. And we have to be mature enough and confident enough to do things his way. At times when you feel like, well, we're there and I've taught it and I've done it. And you're praying a little bit and he says, no, no, keep pressing on. And aren't we glad now? Do you sense what he did? See, here's what I want to say to you. Maybe, I'm not saying it's your fault, but God often demonstrates. Demonstration of the Spirit. The examples you gave about the fast purpose of that weakness and weariness was not only to teach you about the availability of the supply but it was truly the spiritual um, clash the kingdom conflict that was trying to get you to stop short trying to get you to be body conscious self-preserving afraid you were going to die I'm harming my body and those thoughts come to preserve yourself. Yeah. That's where Jesus was when Satan appeared to him yeah. and said, command these stones to be made bread yeah. if you're the son of God. Because the Bible says he was hungry. Yeah. Which means after 40 days, he was at the place to where right. he's now, his body is eating, it, eating itself up yeah. because he has no sustenance and he's in the wilderness. You see this? So he's at a place now where he's got to pass the test. Am I going to preserve my own life? Or am I going to obey God fully? Who is my life? He passed the test. Even tonight, as simple as it was to stop and pray, and say, well, we can stop the service, pray for a few people, everybody's happy, nobody's the wiser. Or have the Holy Ghost say, now, you didn't spend enough time talking about this, and this is the essence I wanted you to get to, and you've had two nights, but you had to do this other, and you hadn't got there yet. Keep pressing. You see, well, we could have stopped. You could worry about what people are going to think. Amen. It's easy to keep on going to midnight, Brother Eddie, when everybody's excited and slap drunk and everybody's laughing and rolling and things are happening, you know, and you're not conscious of anything. What about going on when the Lord says, 
this is as much my presence, this is as much anointed, this is as much powerful. And you have to make a decision in the natural to step out of time beyond opinions past the expectation of, well, the meeting didn't go exactly like I thought. Well, I've seen Brother Tracy minister before on television and it sure wasn't that way tonight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. But you got a church last night. <laughs> and tonight, He planted the seed to fill it up. So one night you get the wineskin. And the second night you get the wine. Oh, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. So I don't know about you, but oh. Oh. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I noticed somebody over here, and I know you have faith for it, and you're going to get it, but you're not the only one. So since we're doing that, since he stepped up for eyes, anybody else that knew that the Lord was talking to you, get up here. I knew there was more than one person over here. I believe there's somebody in that section right over there. I was operating in word, word of knowledge, and I saw it. Now, do me this favor. Now, step up here, because the Lord spoke about eyes, but he's going to speak about some other things. Brother Eddie, we get it tonight. But this isn't about your natural eyes. You're going to get that. That's in the covenant. You're going to have that, sir. Yeah. This is about the spirit of seeing and knowing. It's going to move in you in a level beyond anything you've ever operated in before in your life in ministry. This is about a harvest off your partnership. It's taking you to, to, to the place in the prophetic that you've always known you needed to go. Amen. So, if you'll receive this, yes. I've set the Lord, Jesus said, I've set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand. The psalmist said that, but he was prophesying about Jesus. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. You know not allow your Holy One to see corruption. This is all about the resurrection of Jesus, how he got through the cross. He set the Lord before him. The joy of the Lord is full in His presence. That means His presence is what I'm looking at. I set His presence in a place always where it's before me. And it's what David was saying at the end of Psalm 23 when he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. The Amplified reads this way. The Hebrew says this way. I will dwell in your presence forever. The house of the Lord, it's not about coming to church and staying there. It's about staying in his presence. Amen. Now I want to pray for you. There's a number of people up here. Now I don't think everybody's up here for eyes, are you? Is everybody up here for eyes? Everybody? To, well, wow. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I would have just uh, praised the Lord. Well, then no wonder he gave me that word of knowledge. <laughs> right? 
So the, the Lord gives recovery of sight to the blind. Mighty miracles are taking place. Now, if, gentlemen, as y'all are watching tonight and helping me, I'm going to move a little slower tonight. I'm going to give you a little break. Praise the Lord. But, uh, but you need to watch. Because as his presence comes, this is his ministry and not mine, I have help. So anywhere through here, the power of God is going to start coming on people. As we start ministering now, it's already on this dear lady right here. power of God is moving mightily in your life. It's been sitting on you for a long time. Certainly all night, praise the Lord. But his presence. Oh, almost took my breath away just now. Oh, heaven is for you. Oh, I just breathe that in. The heavens drop at his presence. There it is right there. Oh, my goodness. There it is right there. Oh, glory be to God. Lord, yeah, you sense that? Watch it. Keep your eyes open now. I'm serious. I'm serious. I know you may not see a lot of this, but the power of God's helping me. Some folks are going to feel like hands are laid on them. They're going to say, well, when Brother Tracy touched me, and they're going to say, well, he never touched you. He was eight or ten people away from you. So shut your eyes and begin to look to heaven. The great presence of God is in the house. And you gentlemen help me keep your eyes open. Now, let's don't get back in the natural. You felt it coming on you. Let's let it come. Let's let it come. Right now, just begin to look to heaven. Father, your presence. There it is right there. Your miracle power. Your presence. Your miracle power. Your presence. Now go back where you are. Yeah, there you are. Go back where you were in the spirit. And he's going to finish what was coming in you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, there it is right there. That's under the healing anointing. There it is right there. It just manifested in my hand. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it happened because people finally got in one accord and stopped looking at me and started looking at him. Oh, there it is, sister. There it is. Glory to God, Jesus. Thank you for healing her. Thank you that you're going to get the glory of filling her up. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Brother Brian, you know, obviously, uh, whatever you see to do, if you're supposed to walk with me, if you want to walk with me, that's fine. I'm, I'm wide open. Whatever the Lord's telling you to do, let's do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your congregation, Brother Eddie, shall dwell in my presence. Yes. Yes, I'm healing your eyes. But here's the promise. This anointing is so that you can see what I've promised you. 
and you will see it. You'll see it both in your congregation and in your family and in your ministry and in the assignment. You'll see it. Oh, there's that anointing there, brother. There it is right there. Oh, there's the presence of God. Oh, you feel it? Oh, my. Let it come. Just let it come. Let it come. I don't want to be hasty with this because I know you're open to receiving the laying on of hands, but he's imparting some very special things. It's happening to you already, Brother David. It's all over you. He's, you know, he's training you. You know his presence well. Yield to it more than anything else you do. And it'll walk with you all your days. And lives will be changed in mighty ways. That's what I heard the Lord say. Oh, there it is right there. Oh, yeah. That went right there. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Do you hear that? Oh, yield to that presence, son. Yield to that presence, son. Yield. It's been, it's been like riding a bucking bronco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to kick against the pricks. He's going into the presence of God. He's always felt like he's having to press it in because folks are kicking against it, but no more. The presence of God's coming to dwell in your congregation. And you don't need to fear anything arrayed against you. He is your shield. He is your shield. Oh, there it is right there. He's your exceeding great reward. There it went right there. Whoa. Whoa. My. Oh, my goodness. I didn't really set my breath out. Lord, yes. Yes. You did well in choosing that song. Turn that up just a little bit. Not overpowering, but that's, you, did, you did well. You heard from God on that song. Father, thank you, Jesus. I will rejoice. Yes. We're in your presence. And I'll be glad. Oh, glory to God. Oh, better is one day in your house. Oh, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Woo! You feel that? Oh, Jesus, your presence. Your training, your teaching. You're instructing. Oh, how you're helping your people. Oh, to God, your presence. Thank you for your help, King Jesus. You are so present. You are so present. Oh, you're so present. Glory to God. It is, baby. Glory to God. It's just His presence. Oh, breathe upon her gently, Lord. The winds of the Spirit, your presence. Oh, King Jesus. Glory to God. Glory. You stay in spirit. Stay in spirit. Don't come out. Don't come out. This is about Him. This is about His presence. He's training you. It's been two days now training you. Praise the Lord. He loves you so much. He must love you so much. He told you that last night. How much must he love you? 
that he would especially take it upon himself to talk to you about these things. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this young man, your daughter, your child. Oh, there it is. There's the power. Oh, my goodness. Lord, we thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, how we thank you, King Jesus. Your daughter, you've been sitting on her all night, but now something special. Oh, there it is, Lord Jesus. Oh, there it is. Oh, glory to God. She feels it all over her. I do too. It's all over me. Oh, King Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my, thank you. Oh my, thank you. Oh my, thank you. Oh my, thank you. Oh, oh. Oh, it can be so exciting. It can be so sudden. It can be so swift. It can be where we can't contain it. And then it can be so gentle. It can be so overwhelming and overflowing. It can just reduce us. Just, oh, oh, there's the power of God. Oh, there's the presence of God. Oh, there's the glory of God. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my, my, my. My daughter, I'm well pleased. For an understanding of spiritual ways, you've risen up and seized. For it's a new day in your walk with me, and I've given you the container to fill, you see. So in these two days, something extraordinary has taken place, and you're going to bust out the double doors and run in a new leg of your race. So understand, saith the Lord, that you don't fully know what's happened in these two days, but I'm downloading you a greater understanding inside my presence of my ways. And you'll understand that there's reasons that the atmosphere is clear, and then there's reasons for the haze. There's reasons that things happen suddenly, and there's reasons they take a few days. And you've thought it would come in this way or that way, and you've wondered, do I just not understand? Oh, Lord. It is not my desire to in any way hinder your command. And so you've stepped up and emptied yourself and humbled yourself before me. And you're coming into a place of understanding and you will see. And you'll be one that knows my ways and a mother to many you will be. So learn the flows of my spirit for they're not all the same. But every one of these flows has something to gain. And it will release people from pain. So in my presence, get ready, for there's coming a rain. A rain on this city and a rain in this church. And you're going to go forward <laughs> in a mighty thrust, as if with a lurch, like a tether cut and a cord severed. You shall see that never, never, never shall the enemy hold you down, for there is no longer a lid because into my presence <laughs> you've come and under the anointing into that place you belong you slid right into the comfort of the shoes into which you're to walk so you're going to leave these two days with a new anointing and a brand new talk for your ways have pleased me so you shall surely see that my presence will finish the job which I have started in the oh, I've seldom had I don't normally talk about this but I've seldom had the power of God so strong My, something about it never comes right here there's something extremely special that has to do with her anointing Lord you'll have to talk to me about that 
I mean, it's everything I can do not to respond to it. It's so strong, it's so tangible. I'm not trying to make something of a feeling, but I'm telling you, oh, what is that, Lord? I've never had it before like that. Oh my goodness, it's the thumb. Ha, 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 it's the thumb. That's what it is. Oh, oh, I got my thumb on it, brother. We got our thumb on it. Woo! The presence. Woo! The presence of God. Woo! May you see. May you know. May you receive your miracles in the presence of God. Receive your miracle in God's presence. Oh, there it went. Oh, wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, 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 Lord. Oh, Lord. Squeamish. Squirmish. No, you shall not be. Squeamish. Squirmish. About anything in the natural or the spiritual, you see. Things that used to make you uneasy. No more shall be the case. Get ready, said the Lord, for I'm going to show you how to run the spiritual race. Praise the Lord. You've loved the Lord for a long time. You've loved what He does and you've loved when He's worked in people. But there were certain things, certain things that you felt unable to do, inadequate to do, this kind of held you back. Squeamish and squirmish no more. You can do this. You will do this. Oh, your presence, almighty God. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, my, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. See how strong the presence of God is here? So it can go. It can go rapid. It can be like you're in a category five. Or it can be real gentle. He is gentle, you know. He's a kind father. He knows what we need and just what we need. Huh. Huh. Oh. Oh. And the longer we're in it, the stronger it's getting. In fact, it's coming on you, you You sense it, don't you? Oh, the mighty presence of God. Hallelujah. I've known that there was something for you these two days. I've known it. I've known it from the start of the meetings when I saw you on the stage. Tonight I saw you. Let's just receive it. Here it is. This is what belongs to you. This is what you came for. This is what this is for. It's why we did this. We're so conditioned sometimes because of a lack of understanding. Our mind wants control. We're so conditioned at times to say, well, you know, when you lay hands on people, they need to be healed or they need a word or they need it every once in a while. Every once in a while. You remember when Jesus said, bring the little children unto me and he put his hands on them and blessed them. They weren't sick. He didn't prophesy over them. He just blessed them. Something's happening in his presence tonight. That's a download of the supernatural. That's producing the product of the blessing. Many are healed. Many others get answers. Many other people get helped. His presence comes. Glory to God. And in His presence is the fullness. Yeah, you know. You know it's your time. Shh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Woo! Whoa, look at that. Look at that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. You know. You know what's happening. What's going on with your hands? Come here. 
What's going on with your hands? Yeah, I knew that, but I don't need you to say it. I could have told you. I understand. Have you ever had that before? And when was that? Yeah, at another meeting. Yeah. We were carrying healing, and they started praying at the end of the night. Yeah. So listen to me. So that's what I care. That's the primary anointing of my life. Jesus manifested himself to me. It's one of the major parts of his ministry I carry. So see, see what you're picking up on? See, you stir up the gift that's within you. See, you get in the presence of the anointing, it activates it. Now that's there. It's always there. Whether you feel it or not. Are you with me? Now, you're open. permission to step up into the fullness of what he's called you to do. You stay submitted. You stay in spiritual protocol. You stay in the right place and rank and humble. Watch what God's going to do. You just watch. Everything you see others operate in, everything you read in the Bible, everything you dream, it's inside that anointing. I see myself doing something. I'm going to ask you, will you receive the fullness of it? You ready? Oh, glory. Sister, it's a good night for you. He is, not me. He's asking you, do you realize, my daughter, that you can come here anytime? Not here. Here in His presence. Do you realize you can come into His presence? Spend more time. Spend more time. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's real, isn't it? <laughs> God's got mighty things for you to do, sweetie. Of helps. 
A lot of people are thinking in the natural about working the line like this, you know. And the Lord told me to give them one, one little rule of thumb. I've never said it this way, even to my own people, exactly this way. I always tell them to watch me. See, a lot of times they're watching the person in front of them. Watching, they don't know who to watch. You watch the anointing. You watch the anointing. So let me say it this way. What speed am I supposed to move at? The speed of the anointing. See, if the anointing's moving like I move sometimes, almost other people say, come on, come on now, catch up. You see, like right then? See how I was just moving real slow? And see the speed at which you moved. Because you wanted to be there. You want to make sure I don't miss it. But you see, move synchronistically with the speed of it. You see that? Then you'll never be behind. Always be on time. Because it's the anointing that's moving, not the person. Glory be to Wow. Isn't it amazing how strong the presence of God is at the altar? You know, fire sits on the altar. <laughs> on the altar oh my oh my oh my yes sir oh thank you Jesus I didn't know that thank you oh thank you you hadn't said that to me since January thank you oh thank you Jesus, how we love you. Talk the danger and the balukta. Say, oh, glory to God. All the way from the start to the finish, he's done a big work in you tonight. You're never really going to ever be the same. Neither one of you. Not only in the spirit realm has it already happened that the supply. The increase is cut loose. And you know it. You saw it. You just woke up by it. You saw it. Oh, Lord, I see what you're doing. You've accepted it. But you gave yourself permission. Something happened tonight. And I'm not saying that you struggled a lot with religious tradition. But whatever was any hold up or thinking or hang up. Tonight, just the final parts of that just got blown out of the water. I don't know all that happened with you. Some things were blown away. Fears of the future, fears of when we're going to have enough, and we're going to be able to take care of this and that, and kids, and what's up, you know, all that. What about providing? What about? It's in the river. It's in the river. 
Glory to God. Lord just spoke six words. There's more where that came from. <laughs> I knew I was supposed to minister to you. Glory to God. In fact, maybe about spiritual things, but I literally was looking right at you under the anointing when I got that word of knowledge about eyes. So he's going to do a work in your seeing. Not only the physical, he's going to help you with anything you need, but supernaturally. I see now what we're talking about. You're going to see some things different in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Oh, Father. Fill him up. Ho! Woo! Ho! Fill him up. Oh, there it is. Woo, there it is with your presence. My. Oh! Woo! Oh. 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 Now finish that. You started pouring. Pour it all the way up. Whoa. Glory to God. I'm supposed to pray for you. Come here. Praise God. Put your hands up. You're doing a wonderful job. Praise the Lord. Heaven is pleased. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. The helpers have to carry the same weight of the anointing as the one they're helping. Bless him, Jesus. Yeah, come here, son. I know I prayed for you already, but I just heard the Lord say, helpers help. There's a helper's anointing in every arena of life. Not only in the things I spoke to you about last night, but in that which I'm dealing with you about in the spiritual capacity tonight. You're going to have both the natural and the spirit. Praise the Lord. So, you don't have to hinder one to go to the other. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Yes, sir, I'll do that. Praise the Lord. There's something about the anointing. It's a seeing anointing. You just do what you see. Glory to God. Not real sure, but he might, he might be stuck that way for a little bit. Oh, you can put that on him, buddy. That's fine. They love the presence, don't they? Well, one thing's for sure. I guess we told the truth. We didn't get in a hurry, did we? Praise the Lord. There's fire on the altar. Isn't it just wonderful? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, sometimes, I talked about got half of it and the other half's coming, talking about doubling up. He said, stand over and say it a second time. There's more where that came from. <laughs> so he's going to double up on you. Praise the Lord. Press the Lord. Glory to God. Well,
Brother David, church is going to change. There is a river whose streams church is going to change. I don't say this lightly. I've been with you a number of times. We've walked this thing for a few seasons now. But I just saw it in spirit. What you're hungry for is coming upon your church and it's causing all this mess. You thought it was the devil causing all this mess. It's flushing it up. It had to be rewired so this can transpire. You're almost there. You're so close. You're so close. You're not a hair's breadth away. Rejoice and be glad, saith the Lord, for your church, the church I put in your care, shall change from this night. And the new presence that's come in you and you shall truly come into the atmosphere of that church. It's going to confirm those that are weary and bring the inheritance. He'll surely do it. And it's going to protect things you're concerned about. He'll surely do it. The presence. You see, the presence of the enemy at the table is no issue when the presence of God is there. Glory to God. Brother Brian, I'm just enjoying myself. Praise God. I'm so glad y'all are here tonight. Yeah, sure. Sure. I know, I know you got something good last night, but if you don't mind, would you stand up? Just start straight up. You don't even have to move. Oh, yeah, I know. Glory to God. You could have just stood right in front of the chair as far as I was concerned. He's going to see what you got. Oh, there it is right there. Let me do it. You just stay open. Look that way. Those lightning rods up. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah, that thing we talked about in the natural, that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I see that, boy. I do. You're still too much in your mind about it. You're still trying to figure it out. Nothing's going to move any direction until you get free and leave it alone. You leave it alone, I'll take care of it, says the Lord. This thing's going to be wonderfully miraculous. It's going to come out of my presence. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Too been too, I see it in the spirit, but too much back and forth over. But that's changing tonight. That's changing tonight. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise God. I love you, man. Praise God. Thank you for being faithful. I'm loving the presence of Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Praise God, buddy. Hey. Good night. Good. It's a good night. It's a good night. You want the spouse when the glory comes out. Glory to God. He said, start with her. She says, <laughs> Woo! Glory. You're going home with something great. Thank you, King Jesus. Well, we love you, Brother Brian. I thank you for being a man of God. 
Appreciate this church. Glory to God. This is rare and such a blessing. Middle of summer. <laughs> Two nights spontaneous. The stuff in front of you and still hungry. Yeah. Wow. Fanatics come to church on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm addicted to the anointing. Glory to God. Well, we love you with all our heart. We do a monthly teaching letter that would be a blessing to you. You talked about putting it online. We're going to do our best to do that. It's our seed we sow to the body of Christ, teach you how to harvest. And I'm only telling you that because if you'd like to do so, we'd love to sow that book into your life. And in addition to that, we'll just keep on feeding you how to harvest each month if you'll allow us. And we love you and bless you. It's our part to play in the kingdom of God. It's our part of partnership. You guys be blessed. I'm turning it over to Pastor. I don't know how many people are staying and where they're staying and how long they're going to be there. But I know this church understands a little bit about that, such things. Praise the Lord. We love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Remember this. Jesus is coming soon. He that hath ears to hear, you let him hear. Glory be to God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I love you, sir. Love you. Love you, man of God. I love let's, you, Boomerang Church. Let's just stand on our wow. feet. Wow, glory to God. Have you been blessed in the last been. two nights? Have you received something? Yes. Are you taking something with you? Yes. Is life going to be the same? No. Hey, I was just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> let's just lift our hands to heaven. Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you so much for your mighty, mighty love made manifest. We just worship you. Lord, let everything that we've received, let it manifest to the full and let us be slack in no thing. Lord, we thank you for it. Let us step into your presence and never leave it. And let us carry it so that the manifestation of your love would be on us and overflow us and splash into other people's lives. Father, thank you for providing for us in Jesus' name. We worship you and we love you. We give you glory. If you believe that, if you receive it, let your amen be the loudest amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great night. Glory to God.